the Spanish announce table. It is Pro Wrestling's best podcast. It is episode 446. Ten years in a week of the Spanish announce table. We are here to talk about AEW Dynamite 200. We're here to talk about the WWE SummerSlam. We might talk about some AEW Collision. We're going to go take a trip in the Spanish announce time machine and see what happened in pro wrestling history. All of that and more throughout tonight's episode of Pro Wrestling's Best Podcast. We had people waiting in the chat. That's a lot. And, um, man, we're getting excited. You ready to talk some pro wrestling, Tom? Of course. Um, always ready to <laughs> talk pro wrestling. I just realized That's I don't have my phone on me. Oh, well. Oh. Well, yeah, I just realized I don't have my phone, but it's fine. Oh, oh um, running the show naked. Yeah, I got Well, it's yeah. connected to my computer. If everything happens, yeah. I'll be fine. Um, yeah, so 10 plus years of the Spanish announce table. That's how you really say it. You don't say 10 plus one week. Um, but yeah, so things are going well. Uh, what's up with you? How are you? You good? What was your week like? Decent? I went to a wedding this weekend. Cousin got married, so mom came into town. Sister came into town and her family. So there's a lot of back and forth, right? Getting all dressed up and fancy, right? Getting everybody, which means, of course, you know, we don't know. We live out here on the ranch. We don't normally dress up a whole lot fancy. So that meant like, what do you mean you don't have a tie? All right, we got to get a tie. What do you mean your shirt doesn't? What do you mean we got to get a shirt? Easy. <laughs> yeah. Easy there, yeah. Cletus. Okay, let's calm down with the, we don't wear shoes a lot around here in these parts. I mean, we okay? don't. I'm wearing slides right now. <laughs> God, <laughs> Jesus. Tim. Oh, man. Let's, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I got nowhere I think, to go. Thank God. You know how many times I'm in sweatpants no. for like 48 straight hours? God, Tim, you know, thank God that we have good, uh, the same values as far as how society should work. Cause you're starting to get out there to where I don't know if I would want to meet you this time. Around. Yeah. Uh, no, honestly, you know, there's boots. Theo in the chat says you wear shoes at the ranch. And like, sometimes I'm wearing some boots. Like if we're going for a walk around the ranch, I got some Carhartt boots, a good couple hundred bucks and some boots, but like shoes. Yeah. I mean, we wear those when we go into town, but that's a trip. It's like, you gotta get. Yeah, Jesus make sure you get some pants on. God, you have never sounded. <laughs> oh man, I've never been more disgusted in you than right now. <laughs> These are all the worst words you're saying. I know. Together. If I heard myself speaking without knowing myself, yeah, I might be like, "Fuck this guy! Yeah. I don't want to hear a damn thing he says." So don't get the wrong impression, right? We love everybody yeah. here at the Spanish announce table, right? We're well, very inclusive. We love everybody. Well, I mean, we love most. <laughs> yeah. But interesting enough, we've lost 20% of our viewership since you started talking about on the farm. So God damn it. Maybe we need to stop that bullshit. Yeah. I was just I'm cutting out me. some, uh, um, some volunteer cucumber plants that were growing where I didn't expect them. Uh, for, so I had to like chop them out. Yeah. Yeah. That was happening before I was ready for the show tonight. Yeah. <laughs> God bless you, Tim. God bless you. You are just saying yeah. just vomit Jeffrey Sills salad of says the words those I are hate. the type. Jeffrey Sill says those are the type of slides you wear at a cookout. And that's right. I bought these special because I was like, look at them thick things. I can wear them outside on the ranch. They can take a beating and I can still come inside and, you know, hit up the, the cookout like Jeffrey Sill says. Theo P also says 10 glorious years. This is the podcast where T Mac developed his amazing spider powers. Yeah, last week was 10-year anniversary of the Spanish announce table. If you didn't listen to that, 
we I specifically got about as drunk as we used to 10 years ago on the Spanish announce table. Um, there's a lot of unusable footage, I'm sure, from that episode. We went long and we went hard, right? That's how we do it here on Pro Wrestling's Best Podcast. And, uh, man, join us in the chat. We do this live each week on Thursday at precisely on the dot, exactly 7.15-ish Central Standard Time Zone, one true time zone, Arrowhead time, Mahomes um, uh, Standard Time. So, Tom, mm-hmm. let's get into it, man. Are you ready to uh, hop into uh, the Spanish announced time machine? Ready to go? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. You getting Here excited? We go. All right. Yeah. All right, we are ready to go. And we're going to talk about some things that happened next week in pro wrestling history, right? So when Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday hits, whatever it is, you can sound cool to your pro wrestling friends who don't listen to the Spanish announce table because they're nerds, and you'll know a cool pro wrestling factoid uh, like this one mm-hmm. right here. August 7th, 2002. TNA held their eighth weekly pay-per-view in Nashville, Tennessee. Ron Killings won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, defeating Ken Shamrock. Bruce retained the Miss TNA title, defeating Taylor Vaughn in an evening gown match. Bruce. This is is very TNA. Low-key won the X-Division Championship in a three-way match against AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn. wonder what that guy's up to. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was the special guest referee for a match Mm -hmm. where Apollo lost to which wrestler? I mean, the only one that I haven't heard you say. And admittedly, I don't always listen to every word you say. Um, AJ Styles. Mm, we did say AJ Styles when he lost the three-way <laughs> with Jerry Lynn against. <laughs> See, Loki. like I was saying, mm-hmm. I listen to your fucking words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, who was it that lost? Who'd you say? Uh, Apollo, who I had not heard of. I had to look up who this person was, and I don't think you probably ever heard of lost. Him. But Ricky Apollo the Dragon lost. Steamboat. Was the special right. guest referee? Right. Mm-hmm. Christopher Daniels. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. No, it's your favorite. It's Jeff Jarrett. I was really hoping. I was like, you know what? I think after ten years, he's probably going to switch it up. Like he might just go, like, you know what? No, nah, we're not going to go there. Maybe, Maybe I'm a fool, Tom. Who this the time, fuck is Apollo. I, Who's yeah. Apollo? Some dude. I didn't recognize it. I had to look it up on uh, profightdb.com, I think it is, or profight.db, whatever that is. Yeah, man, I don't know. But, yes, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, all them years ago, 2022, still the special guest referee. He let Jeff Jarrett win a match, so I don't know how well this is going to go on Saturday. You mean 2002? You 2002. mean 2002. Sorry, what did I say? 22? Yeah. 2022, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, 2002. Yeah, we'll see how he does. Uh, we'll talk about that. Saturday's collision. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, what a piece of person. Um, what a piece of history. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, what a piece of history there. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go. Back in time. Let's have a little more fun and see what happened. August 8th, 1998. 
WCW Road Wild 98 was held in Sturgis, South Dakota. Saturn Saturn defeated Canyon and Raven in a Ravens Rules match. Juventud Guerrera won the WCW Cruiserweight Championship, defeating Chris Jericho in a match where Dean Malenko served as the special guest referee. Goldberg defeated Kurt Hennig, Conan, Lex Luger, Scott Hall, Scott Norton, Sting, and the Giant in an eight-man NWO Invitational Battle Royal. That happened. Hold up. Yeah. Why would you go to an invite from the NWO? Money. Of anything. Yeah, and to bid their ass. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, right? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Hey, look, sure. Goldberg used Makes to headbutt his locker. He don't always make the smartest decisions. Hollywood Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff would lose in a tag team match against... To who? Is that who you asked? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold up. Yeah. Okay, hold on. It's it's Hogan and Bischoff? Hogan and Bischoff. Goldberg already competed. Yeah, Goldberg won the eight-man NWO oh! Royal. I know it. I know it. I know it. I can see it. I see it. Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> you got it um yeah uh-huh it was just ah, a car this, accident this burnt his face all up uh-huh got all the cars tonight show diamond dallas page diamond dallas yeah, page diamond and dallas jay page. leno jay leno yes jay leno. because that was one of the coolest moments ever because i mean look the the tonight show has been something lesser than over the years because of how media has changed and all of that stuff however you go back to 1998, you know, network is king. And they did an episode, I'll never forget, where Jay Leno was doing his monologue. And Eric Bischoff and Hogan just walked up and was like, yeah. we're taking over. And kicked them off the set. And they went to commercial and they came back. And Bischoff, I think, was sitting in Leno's spot. And Hogan was like, reclined out on the couch. That is, I mean, imagine if that Prime, happened today. Uh died stubble hogan too right like got oh, the, yeah yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. looked like he rubbed mm-hmm. shoe leather on his face yeah that was so crazy i remember mm-hmm. thinking i even he remember was all cocaine ripped right like he was all like so skinny because oh he was like back on, up on the, yeah yeah well yeah. he was back on that gas but the mm-hmm. thing that i remember is i remember going to school and teachers were like hey Thomas, like you like the wrestling stuff. Who's this Eric Bishop? I know of Hulk Hogan. Now they're calling him Hollywood. And I was like, yeah, so Jay Lynn was wrestling. And they're like, what? I was like, I don't know how it's going to go down, but that's what's happening. Yeah, that was so weird. Good for them. Good for them. That was a good move. Good for them. That was a good time. All right, let's see what happened. Oh, uh, Jeffrey still says, I was never a Jay Leno fan. Letterman better. And I agree. And when you hear some of the stories no. from all them folks, yeah, when you well, hear look, the stories from all them folks too, person? like he's not, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah. better person, Letterman. Well, Letterman was also doing some things with some interns yeah, in the some closets. Either. I like Letterman yeah. better than Leno, though. 
No, Letterman sucks. Let's talk about that. The stupid human trick. You think the thing that's funny is if a dog can float? No, you know what I think Letterman is better at and the thing that I watch those shows for better? Letterman's better in the interview. Letterman is wittier. Like, he's Um, like, yeah, yeah. Letterman is much better to watch. Like, when they sit down and go back and forth, like, he's on it. Leno's all, like, here's a practice thing I got. And you're like, fuck the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I'll say. Monologue, no. Monologue was probably, you hedged to Leno, probably. Yeah, Leno did skits because he remember he was the first one to do Man on the Street, which is now yep. every single person in yeah, YouTube skits do better, that. Right? Yep. So that was him. Conan skits was the skit monologue. Well, a little bit, a little edgy. Early but Conan. Yes. But, early um, Conan. Yeah. But yeah, he yeah, was free Conan. to do yeah. cooler stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Leno was monologue, skits, interview was Letterman. But I never stayed up till the interview, so I was like, I'm out of here. Because, like, fuck yeah. that shit. I ain't going to watch a whole fuck hour that, yeah. of this shit. Right. It all sucks. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I give a fuck about whoever starred in this movie. Fuck out of here. I'm not going to see that movie anyway. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. <laughs> My favorite Jay Leno joke. No, no, no. Hold on. My yeah. favorite Jay Leno joke that I still use today, it was during a heat wave, and I don't remember the year. But he goes, man, it's hot out there, huh? I'm sweating like a pro athlete on Father's Day. And I thought that's <laughs> the funniest line ever. That's a great joke. <laughs> yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, his headlines bit was right. always funny. I used to have a book of like oh, the headlines. Yeah. That shit was funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His the yeah. quips for that were always funny. All right, we'll move on. August 9th, 1999. WWF Monday Night Raw was held in Chicago, Illinois. Kane and okay. X Pac won the WWF tag team titles, defeating the Acolytes. Shawn Michaels was the special guest referee for a triple threat, no DQ, falls count anywhere match, where Triple H and The Undertaker lost to China, making her the number one contender for the WWF Championship. That happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, this show is most remembered, however, for one of the most iconic moments in Raw history. Do I get a hint Broad. or just, we're yeah. just saying iconic 99? Like, yo, mm. shit happened Not a match. We'll say not a match. Okay. Mm-hmm. Surprise. Stone Cold with the mm. Zamboni? Mm. A rock promo was interrupted by the Millennium Countdown finally ending, revealing oh. a debuting Chris Jericho, who would engage in an epic promo battle with the rock. That's oh. one where they still show when they talk about Raw's greatest moments. They show that today. Well, it was a great moment. This is, again, where people like to look at Jericho's career with rose-colored glasses. Because I still remember this discussion we had about Sting and Chris Jericho. Chris mm-hmm. Jericho does that, right? He goes, hey, rock, boom, and then goes right into a program You're an where he gets hat. beat up by Road Dog. Well, no, yeah. he goes. He starts to get beat up by Road Dog, and then he gets beat up by like just lower mid card guys. Like now, you say Chris Benoit, but in '99, Chris Benoit wasn't shit. And so, like Jericho just plummeted down the card, and then had to go through and go back up to on this card, China, the number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship. He eventually had to wrestle her in triple threat matches across the country. So this idea that like Jericho came in and just fucking took over, that was bullshit. 
Uh, Theo P says, save us Y2J. Jeffrey Sill says, Y2J was awesome. Theo said the debut is epic. I I was a big Jericho fan yeah. then, but I knew, like, I think that was right when internet was first starting to kind of get the uh, dirt sheets online. Jericho was riding that wave of being, like, the, the popular indie star, even though he was in WCW, that everybody was like, they're holding him down. So everybody was waiting for this jump, right? So there was a lot of anticipation, and I think we kind of understood with the Millennium Countdown. I think, some, you know what I mean? You kind of had an idea. It was probably the timing and stuff. So I remember it coming and was super excited that it happened. And then I think that kind of eventually led to him winning that sort of, you know, the first undisputed quote-unquote title, right? Um, but to me, that was the coolest Jericho yeah, was- then, right? Like, that was the peak. And after that, the things we've written after that have been kind of like, all right, these are decent, right? Like he's 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 obviously I, been there. He's been a solid A minus or B, you know, B level to A minus player, you know, for most of his career. Yeah, older he's gotten into some C's, I think. Well, see, I would disagree. I would look, he has great moments, like what we're talking about right now. I think he's a C minus in every fucking thing. Because like here's the thing in that all the things talk about. All of them. Most of them, there's, there's, here's, here's the two outliers. The, here's the three outliers, I should say. The program he had with Triple H when he won the title, but then Earl Hebner did the fast count. So he had to reverse the decision. He didn't win the championship. Obviously, his stuff with Kevin Owens was amazing. And then his program that he did with Shawn Michaels when he ended up hitting his wife, remember that, and over the world championship, all that stuff. Great. Yeah. But Jericho, Jericho fucking sucked. Don't act like you liked it. Uh, Everything with Stephanie, go watch it back again. I guarantee you you won't make it through the segment. It's fucking trash. I'm sure it's Um, bad. And then you go from there. Look, everyone likes to talk about WCW cruiserweights, and they put in Chris Jericho's name because of now. That dude wasn't doing shit. It was Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, sometimes Dean Malenko and the rest of them. It was not what like this the, thing where they're all. What is the opposite of no. rose colored glasses? Because I feel like that's what you're wearing when you watch Jericho. No, I think we're serious. somewhere in the middle here, right? I don't think he's a C minus no, at no. everything. He, I don't think he's below average at everything. <laughs> so that sounds a little harsh. What, what, what's a percentage? What's a percentage? I'd say he's below average, average at, I would say he's below average at, at athleticism ever since he was like the cruiserweight in WCW, right? Once he hit that WCW and was trying to bulk up and things, he lost any of his like, look at me, I'm a flippy, cool kid who does things, right? So then it had to become the character and things he was giving us. And that's where I've always felt like, eh, it's been kind of like, all right, the list was funny, like somebody said, but I think somebody was writing most of that, right? Who's the Kevin guy Owens. now working for them? Kevin um, Owens. Well, it was, no, was the writer. I think it's Jacobs, right? Jimmy Jacobs, yep. So like, you know, I think I like... I like some of the early AEW stuff, but again, it was more about oh. him building a group around him. Look, the this is how I the, look. If we're again, uh, we don't need to do a deep dive on Jericho because we're going to talk about him in a moment. But I would say, percentage wise, he was always a sixty-three to sixty-five percent person I would want to watch out of a hundred. Right. The moments I talked about, the Shawn Michaels, the Kevin Owens, which includes the list, right? I'm including the list into the Kevin Owens lexicon conversation. But once he was AEW, man, that motherfucker was riding all the way up. And then the MJF thing happened. And now it has been a fucking D minus, you know, 42% at best. I agree. 
but yeah, should have stopped in the was 30 years himself, of Jericho. I still, the whatever that was, when the he five was, levels of. Yeah. yeah. When he was doing, uh, when he was the first champion, he was calling himself the youngest AEW champ of all time. Yes. Like that shit was fucking great. And the Manitoba mm-hmm. mayhem where they were all doing yes. like these fucking stadium stampede. And stuff. Stadium stampede. Yeah. There was, and then the MJF and then it's been an F D on. We'll talk about the stadium stampede later too. Okay. All right. Fun, so there we go. Fun thing. What do we got? All right. So we will move on to the next. August 10th, 2008. TNA Hard Justice was held in Trenton, New Jersey, where Petey Williams retained the X Division Championship, defeating Consequences Creed. Wonder what that guy's up to. Whatever happened to him. Beer Money won the TNA World Tag Team titles, defeating the reigning champions LAX. Wonder whatever happened to those guys. Jay Lethal defeated Sanjay Dutt in a black tie brawl and chain match. In this match, which lasted 11 minutes and 14 seconds, both competitors were tied together via a chain and dressed in tuxedos. The only way to win, I can't even say this, the only way to win was to strip the opponent of the tuxedo and then make them submit or pin. (laughs) So Jay Lethal won that. Booker T failed to win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship in a six sides of steel match. Oh, excuse me. In a six sides of steel weapons match against the reigning champion. What? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck am I? So I'm supposed to guess who the TNA champion is? Yep. Who beat Booker T in the six sides of steel weapons match? 2008. TNA Hard Justice. I'm going to guess because I think that this is what. Okay, you want to? You want me to do like my deductive? Yeah, let's reasoning shop thing? it out. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a pure fun. guess. Yeah, it's a pure guess. Okay. So 2008 was towards the almost peak of the MMA boom. At that time in 2008, Kurt Angle was flirting around with doing the ultimate fighter going to the UFC. Okay. Now I don't know when the fucking match happened, but I remember Kurt Angle doing an MMA fight match with Samoa Joe. You haven't said his name, so I'm guessing Samoa Joe. You guessed correct by guessing Samoa Joe. Uh, Jeffrey Todd guessed Nicole Bass, and that was wrong. It is Samoa Joe. Joe secured the pinfall after hitting Booker T with a guitar that mysteriously appeared in the ring after the lights briefly went out in the arena. Hmm, cliffhanger. I wonder was who this... that led to. Well, did you read like the details? So did this, was this like uh, main event mafia Booker this T? This is like leading up. Yeah, the main event mafia was like, this was like the TNA veterans are taking on the right. And yeah, but like this is when everything was starting to like, like chime mm-hmm. in. So yeah, we get this f- flash of lights and now there's a guitar in the ring and, and, and Jared had been gone from TNA for 
months, I think, at this time. Years, even. Yeah, so this was all like, <gasps> for all the 1,300 people in attendance. I don't know how many people. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Jeffrey Todd bringing up Nicole Bass. I'm looking at the uh, um, comments here. Go yeah, watch ECW Heatwave 98. It was 25 years ago yesterday. Nicole Bass is in there cornering, uh, cornering like it's an MMA fight, but in the corner of Just Incredible against um, Chris Candino. Or no, Chris Candino took on Landstorm. Uh, but she's in the, oh, it was uh, Jerry Lynn. Um, she, man, she was the biggest fucking person in that damn match. Oh, she was big. She was big. Definitely. Boom! She had some arms. August 11th, 2014. WWE Raw was held in Portland, Oregon. What year? Say that again. 2014. Okay. Mm -hmm. Roman Reigns defeated Ryback, Curtis Axel and Ryback in a handicap tag match via disqualification. Rybaxel. Seth Rollins no, defeated Oh, you remember Rybaxel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How could you forget? Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins defeated Rob Van Dam via pinfall. Stephanie McMahon had Brie Bella arrested for an an attack earlier in the night by Bella when McMahon claimed Daniel Bryan was having an affair with his physical therapist, prompting Bella to throw hands. Didn't she call her a bitch? She's like, you're such a... (laughs) Didn't she say, you're such a bitch? And then she smacked her. I think that was... She smacked her. She put uh, McMahon in the yes lock. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cesaro lost via submission to Jack Swagger. Gross. <laughs> I mean, if there's one I mean, person Cesaro is going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This show, however, is most remembered for a special segment featuring a handful of WWE legends and Hall of Famers gathered for what purpose? Legends, old guys. 2014? Mm-hmm. Old guys. I'm talking golden era guys. Is, oh, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go back, go back, go back. Where uh-huh. did you say this took place? Portland, Oregon. Is this the championship thing where it was uh, Cena and Orton and they had the whole, like, everyone who was a past champion and they hijacked the mm. fucking... Uh, Thing and That's it was Daniel great Bryan guess. Was the fucking man. It is not that though. This is Hulk Hogan's birthday celebration. Oh yeah. This is where Time's Brock Lesnar crashes the party and he says, "Party's over, Grandpa." Party's yeah, over. party's yeah, over, party's Grandpa. Over, Grandpa. <laughs> then Cena arrived and to run Lesnar away, but he was uh, punking everybody. He was like see- up in Flair's face, like giving him the fucking "I will fuck you up." I love that Flair was like, "Yeah, bitch, you won't." <laughs> like Flair was ready to like, yeah. "I'm gonna die right here in this ring if we're gonna go, buddy." But I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, well, Kevin Nash was the one that was like pacing behind Hogan when Brock Lesnar was doing that stuff. It's like Nash, buddy. You can't bend your knee. I don't think yeah. you're fucking bending Nash, you're that getting fucked up here. Like I know you're big, right? Like I know, and I know that probably got you like yeah. got you through many fights in life, but it ain't here. <laughs> it's not gonna happen with this guy. 
So yeah, Hulk Hogan's birthday celebration, man. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. All right, well, that's all I had. That was our trip. Back in time. What do you think? I have fun. Yeah. I always have fun with that. I feel, <laughs> yes. I feel like I do too many tangents where I'm like, oh, and then here, like we just did a 20 minute yeah. thing on Jericho because Jericho yeah. is Jericho's fine. Here's the thing I want to clarify as we go forward into the first match of the night. Yeah. Jericho has moments that are all timers and I'm not trying to discredit that at all. I just think some people think because of that one moment, it lasted six months where it was like, no, that was two weeks. And then no one fucking talked about him for, you know, five to seven weeks after that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But we like to say, Oh, remember the time period when it was, it was like, you mean the fucking moment? Sure. But like, that wasn't a fucking time. You know what I mean? Well, before we get into the rest of the show, Tom, I want to remind everybody to hit us up. Go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net. You can subscribe for free. If you don't want to, you can just click no thanks. You can still access the site and get everything. But if you subscribe, again, it is free. You get all of our daily content sent to you. That's our Pro Wrestling's Best News, this podcast, uh, Match of the Day, On This Day, all sorts of fun stuff. We send that to you. You can check out our Pro Wrestling Tees, right? We got a T-shirt for sale up there, prowrestlingtees.com slash SpanishAnnounceTable. Check us out on all the the social medias, right? All the links are up there. Uh, Tom, we've got some Tweet the Tables this week, right? You can go on Twitter, follow us, use hashtag Tweet the Table. We'll read your tweets. We got four of those, two of them about AEW Dynamite. Three of them about AEW Dynamite, that is. And one of them about NXT Great American Bash. This is the beauty of it. We probably weren't going to talk about NXT Great American Bash, but you can dictate this show by using hashtag Tweet the Table or any of the various methods to reach us. Uh, We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Also, like sending us a call. We've got a a call from Ash Hendricks, right? He wants to talk about some random wrestling things. So we're going to talk about that. But, Tom, I don't know when we're going to fit it all in, but uh, I'm going to leave it up to you. This This is your show, Tom. What do you want to do? Let's talk about uh, dynamite. I like talking about dynamite. I'm just, uh, I, I, I was, I got a notification sometimes when things go like a little bit yeah. viral. Uh, and I, I don't want to get into it because I honestly don't know the details. So I feel stupid talking about it. But this Lufisto or whatever, this girl who's like, I didn't have a good time in AEW. And now, like, yeah, there is something. It's causing yeah, all yeah, this yeah. stuff. Look, bro. You didn't like it there. Yeah. There's, Not everybody has a good time. There's everywhere. nine employers. Yeah, there's nine employers I didn't fucking like, but like I moved on, you know? I don't know. It just looks like a little bit of a look at me, Louie. Again, that's just from the small little details I've seen. Nothing that I know in concrete. Anyhow, let's move on. Uh, last night was AW episode 200, and it kicked off with. Mr. AEW, if you would ask him, uh, Chris Jericho and Takeshita in a tag team match against Guevara and Daniel Garcia. And here comes old Don Callis. Hey, 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 hey everyone. Hey, look, look at this. And essentially the gist of this match was that Don Callis was cheating the entire time for Jericho behind his back until... Jericho caught him red-handed hitting, I believe it was Garcia in the head. Yeah. And Jericho looks at him and was like, what the fuck is that? Which by the way, they missed the F word shocker from the AEW production crew. Um, but then he goes, ah, I'm going to pin him. And he pins him 
one, two, three. Doesn't like that he did it, but he did it. He goes on. And that was our first match. We'll get into more of the fallout, but what did you think of the tag team match between uh, Guevara, Garcia, Jericho, Takeshita? I mean, you know, I, I don't think it wowed me a whole lot. It didn't fail me, you know, like it, it didn't fail to meet expectations or anything like that. I thought, hey, you know, we start off with a match typically in Dynamite for the most part throughout its 200 episodes. So that fits. Um, and Jericho, of mm-hmm. course, was probably the first thing that walked out on AEW Dynamite 1. If I had to guess, I don't remember, right? Like, I don't remember what the first thing to walk out was, but might have been him, right? Or he was in the first fucking 20 minutes, probably. I hope you do this when it's uh, October second, yeah, yeah. two thousand nineteen. Yeah, because I, if I, I don't know it, but what my memory says is first person to walk out was Sammy Guevara because it was Sammy mm. Guevara versus Cody Rhodes. Could Cody, be. yeah, that makes sense. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. well, you get the idea. Yeah, no, I thought it was fine. Uh, you know, I was I was ready for Dynamite two hundred, and I was like, we got more to come tonight, and that's kind of I. It, this didn't disappoint, but I was still waiting for more. Is the feeling I had in the moment. Here's my thought. Okay. The Jericho Takeshita thing, Don Callis. I don't, that's fine. It's intriguing still because like, which way is Jericho going to go? But I'm not tuning in to know which way he goes. I'll just find out later when it happens, if I don't see it live. Right. But this is my point that I was thinking about as I was watching uh, this tag match from all indication that I'm watching. And again, I don't read rumors and all that stuff. So fucking miss me with that shit. But from what I'm seeing, they're trying to position Sammy Guevara as the baby face, right? They felt like they were doing yeah. that before the four way and they're still pushing Guevara as like, hey, he's a baby face. However, Daniel Garcia with this fucking dance thing, when he gets chopped in the face, but then he dances again and he gets hit. That's baby face. Push that guy as your baby yeah. face doing that thing and your money. There is More a so disconnect Guevara, when folks... And and I, I mean, in general, whoever gets the pencil, wherever it is, they seem to be adverse to switching it up in the moment because of like, well, we were going to do this thing over here. Like when you notice this is getting over, it's time to switch, man. Like mm-hmm. on the flip side of the coin, we keep hearing this talk of like uh, WWE doesn't want to push LA Knight because they're afraid it's just a flash in the pan and it's going to go away. Well, it's going to go away because you're not like breathing the fire under it right like you have to strike when the iron is hot on these moments it's a self-fulfilling prophecy well, and he, yeah and, and i guess my my other point to that is because there is no there is no uh finale there is no season finale it goes week over week over week who the fuck cares if it's a flash in the pan right, yeah why are you waiting like why do you give a fuck use that flash in the pan and get your money while you can yeah, if we live in this stupid fuck capitalist society that we're made to live in, then make your fucking money off of an LA night. And here's the thing is, yeah, maybe you could be wrong. If you're right well, yeah. and you just throw them out there and it's a flash in the pan, you go, yeah, I was right. It was flash in the pan, but we made $20 million off that flash in the pan, whatever. It's more than that. But uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And then they go, all right, next. Mm-hmm. I don't see or the problem if they're here. wrong. Yeah, or if they're wrong, they uh, they miss on Adam Cole, who's main eventing uh, all in, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But after this match, uh, we go to a commercial break and come back. Uh, I guess I'll go in chronological order. Why not? Tony Khan doesn't blink and tells us that uh, fucking highlight package. He doesn't blink, bro. Here, here's the thing. I know Tony Khan's a nerd. 
And this whole cocaine uh, Tony thing and all that stuff, I don't fucking believe it. I think he's a nerd who's never had really anyone to check It's Adderall him, before so it's cocaine. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, he was probably put on Adderall when he was 10, got off of it, got back on because now he has 15 responsibilities. Like, that worked in college, so he's probably back on it. And that's a reckless speculation. I don't know shit about anything. I just don't think he's – I think he's a nerd. But he, someone needs to fucking tell him. Tony, hey, man, good promo tonight about the highlight package of uh, 200 episodes. You didn't blink and just say it and walk off. What? Like, can he not take criticism? Just I think you don't blink when you're talking. To all the CEOs and top level executives listening to the Spanish announce table, and I know there's many, right? Probably hundreds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Take Mm -hmm. my sage advice here. If you get to those level of positions where you're like the head dick in charge of things, right? People, everything runs through you, right? Head, right? head dick, okay. Head dick in charge, right? When you're one of these guys, you have to specifically hire somebody who kind of doesn't like you to give you the rundown, right? Like to give you that, like, you look fucking stupid in that shirt, right? Like you look yeah. fucking dumb. That was a dumb mm-hmm. decision. You sound like an idiot. That joke is tired. Because you will get yes manned into what we call the Tom Cruise syndrome, right? We've talked about this on the show where, like, you do, you get detached from reality when everybody's like, no, that's great. You look fucking wonderful. Yeah, no, everything looks great. No, that's a great decision. Yeah, car with three wheels looks great. Yeah, wonderful. Right? Whatever the fuck it is, you got to get away from that. You got to get somebody who fucking low-key despises you, right, and thinks they're pulling one over on you by taking your money, right? Like, but to, to tell you all the what for. Well, yeah. I guess I would just think that people who would think they're Teflon, like a Jericho, would just be like, hey, man, blink. You know what I mean? Because Jericho would be like, I'll go to WWE. They would love to have me, right? And so I wouldn't think he would be, like, skittish around Tony. Anyhow, here was my big criticism of this highlight. True. He's, he and is exactly the guy who could do it. Him, Moxley, yeah. right? Be like, look, I can show yeah. up and be on the show tomorrow. I know your contract says I can't, but like we we could make it. WWE would pay that out if we thought it was worth the money, right? Like CM Punk could say right. it. Uh, maybe not CM Punk. He might not be able to go over there. Uh, you know what I mean? But Moxley, Jericho, MJF. probably even Cesaro. Cesaro could probably go back over there tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like I don't fucking. Yeah. Well, yeah, but so here's my point though. It, again, attention to detail is, is key in a successful anything, especially program. So they run this highlight package. Hey, can't we get like an and, AI blinking thing when he's on screen? Can't we just like code it in? Isn't it? Can't we get it's 2023. Possibly. Right. So again, about that the we can make a million uh, dollars package, if we though. figure this out, Tom. Mm-hmm. So about the highlight <laughs> package. Um, uh, the, the thing I was going to talk about is. Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, no, I didn't hear this. So they run this highlight. Yeah, they run this highlight package. And um, look, the death of Brody Lee is is very Mm. traumatic still to especially a growing child, which is his son. Right. However, we need to pay attention to things. There was a comment on there that just took me aback. I think I sent you a video of this. I think I sent you a video where I said, I said, uh, um, they left in a comment that said Brody Lee is the TNT champion for life. Yeah, except he's not. They announced it. Well, they announced it after he had died. Yeah. So what are you saying? Well, 
yeah, yeah, not to yeah. So so for one, okay, Brody Lee champion for life. Well, first of all, I, I get your intent of what you're saying. Right. What you mean is forevermore, mm-hmm. Brody Lee is the TNT champion. But for life, well, the guy died. So his life ended. So done, right? It's done. So yeah, but that doesn't mean anything, right? Like, so, and and it sounds rude, in fact, right? Like, it sounds wrong. Notwithstanding, he's not the TNT champion forevermore because you've gone on with TNT champions, Right, you didn't make a new team, like a new belt, a new. You didn't rename the title. Yeah. Now, with that point, I I think they're putting a between a rock and a hard place because if they didn't name it after the network they're on, they most likely would yeah. have retired. That yeah, they belt. can't make it the you know Brody I mean? Lee TNT title. TNT would be like, fuck that guy. Like, I get it, he died, but fuck him, we don't know who he is. <laughs> right, and so so I'm excuse like I, I understand, but my point is is if he said that live. Which again, a lot of people were in a state of mind where they're just grieving and totally sure. acceptable and totally don't use it in a highlight. Still package. grieving, hundred Yeah, but just voice over something that says "Forevermore, Brody Lee will be known as the greatest TNT champion of all time." Just say that in a voiceover. But like, yeah, we again, would never know the difference. Look, yeah, and, and here's the thing: I, I didn't turn the channel right because, like, it fucking def- uh, uh, you know uh, offended me so much. It's just little things that if it's like this, like the way I feel about AEW is very much how I feel about like ECW back in the day. It's like this is my little thing that I really want to be successful and show to everyone. But when they make these little fucking weird moves or mistakes, it goes well. I'm not ready to show this to a friend who might be interested, right? Like you go. Ah, if you would fix that, yeah. it would be better. You ever heard the phrase that more often than not, the simplest answer is probably the truth, right? Like, it, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. It, as complex as we may want to make things. I heard somebody once describe AEW as what would happen if you gave a trust fund nerd, like a former tape trader, a bunch of money to start a pro wrestling company. And I feel like that's exactly what we have, right? Like he's really into the matchups but I don't... and the foreign folks yeah. right? and, and all that be damned, right? Like get every toy in here. But like when it comes to the presentation of it, like we're supposed to know what he already knows, right? Like the, the shots are, aren't what matters. It's the matchups and it's the, look at this. Yeah. But that's not even like, and I understand that that's a million percent, right? Like, He's not saying I need to rewatch this highlight package five times to make sure every shot is great. My more point is like, look, you know, my background, right? I worked fights. I could tell you, I could tell you a handful of promoters right now who doesn't give a shit about the fights. They want the money, right? They do not care if it was two uncles that they know fighting each other in the cage just so that they could make a dollar. Right. But I cared about what I was doing. Like, that's a thing where it's like, if you're the person putting it together, why the fuck aren't you working towards making this better? That's where someone needs to, I like that person's bought. And now if it goes to Tony Khan and Tony Khan's like, I don't know, fucking fine with me. Well, okay. Then now we do have like what you're saying, but I, I guess my more point is the producer of these shows who continuously misses shots. Here's the thing about this fucking producer too. Guy, girl, I don't even know who the fuck it is here. Here's the easiest fucking thing to do. Just keep the hard camera. If you just fucking get that wide shot, you're going to catch it. 
You're gonna yeah, fucking catch it. If you default it. to that, we, more often than not, you're gonna catch yeah. the gist of it, right? Yeah, we don't need the. And, oh, I'm about to go on a tangent about how. Yeah, let's just quick do it. Why not? Uh, we're not gonna go three hours like we did last week, but we might go a little long. The the fucking shot. I'm going four podcast. I don't know. Yeah, I got chemo brain. I don't know what the fuck I ever really say anymore. But I was gonna say this: the thing that I cannot fucking stand anymore. Like I'm fucking done with it to where I legitimately do get aggravated, not mad, turn the channel, not that, but just like, fuck is a shot of a fan. I don't give two fucks what fat Jamie in the fifth row is shocked about what a Christian line is. I fucking feel the same way. Fuck these fucking people. I want to see the wrestlers. I didn't pay or tune in to see fucking Jethro and Cletus fucking getting mad at MJF. So if I can play the devil's advocate and provide a counterpoint is that some people are less emotionally intelligent and they may need some more visual cues to understand what a shocking moment was. Right. And some people, and for some, I think in some instances, I want to show the fan experience, right. To get folks to think I want to be there and do that. I would be more strategic about it than just random shots to the crowd, which I feel like we get here. But I, I would use All crowd the time. shots, yeah. Okay, if you want to use crowd shots, use it in replays, right? The fucking thing is, has already happened. Mm. We show the replay of the finisher. Look at this fan fucking shocked that the person kicked That's out true. at two. Yeah. But in you know live, where even, even because- live if in a promo, guy drops a hot line and they're pausing, I get going to a shocked crowd, right? Because somebody's not mm. saying something nope. right now, right? No. No, I fucking hate it because you know why? This crew isn't fucking talented enough to come back and catch the first sentence. That crew aside, I'm saying in general as a concept. Oh, general. That's what you do. Even then, I'm not. I'm giving advice to this crew is what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm even telling you when to go to the crowd and when not. Yeah. Yeah, I just. Because that's all it. I think you don't have an issue if you have a credible person in there going, cut to camera four, ready camera seven cut to camera somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing and and has experience get somebody who's done monday night football somebody who's done you know what i mean a fucking fast action live thing right but even that and again we're getting down a rabbit hole which i which i like but i don't want to bore the audience but even that when when fucking patrick mahomes throws a 45 yard touchdown they'll show people celebrating but as soon as the fucking wide receiver catches it they're not going to someone in the sixth row they're showing you. Yeah, the no, it's not mid-action. It's after the replay before the correct. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm fucking talking about. The, like, the, especially this crew is not talented enough. But even WWE, who's the top of the top of the top, I don't like. I've never tuned in to SummerSlam this Saturday or WrestleMania or All In or All Out. All the shit to be like, you know what I really want to see, dude. On August 27th, Tim, you know what I'm really interested in. What do you think the fourth row? is going to feel like when Adam Cole kicks out at two after MJF hits his finish. So what think, do you think? I think you huh? made a good point here in that where we've discussed. We want to be able to act as if we don't realize this is real, right? We realize it's or, or that, that it isn't real, right? We realize it is a scripted television show, uh, but we want to act as if in the moment then it's not, and that's why we get invested in the characters, and we're like, oh my gosh, can't believe this. It's easier to do that if you mimic in as many ways possible what an actual live organization of your type, of a live sporting organization, will be doing. And 
true to what you're saying, a live sporting organization wouldn't be cutting to live crowd shots during the live action. That happens in replays. That happens in, like, pause. We've got a break in the action, right, where we know there isn't any action. It's not. The throw is in the air. Let's cut to the people looking up, right, following the ball, and then back to the ball while the guy catches it. That doesn't happen, correct? Yeah, that's where I just I can't get over it. Anyhow, let's get back to the show. Uh, after that highlight package, that was kind of a B minus. Matt Menard, in his best dad voice, man, he's doing this really well. Tells Chris Jericho next week, mentor meeting, and you're gonna be there. What do you think about this, Matt Menard? Matt Menard is seriously my like honorable mention of who's in your like who's in the top wrestlers right now we don't get them enough to, to tell people like this is one of the guys but man i have a feeling you could put him in a lot of situations and matt menard would would catch fire man i think he's getting it down right now to where he's got a character going that much the way la Knight kind of caught fire i think this is a guy that you give him the right stage and man you can get people repeating what he says you can sell a lot of merch off this guy Hundred percent. I mean, hell, they made a T-shirt off of a one-off tag team that he did with Butcher. I Magic mean, just, Me. Just yeah, the repeatability, right? Like the meme ability, the repeatability of his lines, and and the and the over-the-top mannerisms is prime. Like this guy, you've got to put him. They're doing themselves a disservice not putting this guy a little more front and center, if you ask me. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right, so. After Matt Menard demands Jericho meets uh, next week, uh, we get back into the ring. Jack Perry's there, and he said, oh, fucking great. Isn't this cool, Jerry Lynn, you old piece of shit? Come out here. And then Jerry Lynn, where, look, I don't want anyone's promo scripted. But maybe just think them out. Maybe say it out loud to someone else before you get out there. Love he was Jerry never Lynn. the king of the promo. He could never but, cut promo. Right? <laughs> yeah. Never, right? right? Huh. So he goes out there and he goes, well, I can't get into that ring because if I did, it'd be child abuse. Yeah. And then he says, also, my neck's fucked. And that part, okay. Yeah, but why why did you mention that last week? (laughs) Yeah. Well, but like, but also, uh, it's child abuse, so I can't do it. So someone just as old as me. Same age as me is going to fucking do it. (laughs) What the fuck is that and then Rod Van Dam is out here, which is great, but like that line made no fucking sense. I, never, I didn't think about that one there. I mean, look, right, look, Rob dates below his age. He might as well fight below his age, right? <laughs> yeah, look, if Rob's fine with it, cool. But like, it's weird that you said yeah. it's child abuse, and then someone just the same age as you is fucking walking down. Thought that was weird. I will say um, this: this is one but, of the first times when I saw Rob Van Dam in his face. I was like, "Oh man, Rob Dam- Van Dam is finally aging." However. When he did his thing, I was like, God damn, Rob Van Dam ain't aging. Look at those fucking arms. God damn. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the coolest thing about this is that it came out to the ECW mm. Pantera walk. Fuck. Yes. Swear. Yeah, we didn't get any yeah, Walk. any of the other bullshit themes. Are you sorry? Uh, uh, this is what's great about like, Tony Khan the- doing this, because especially when you get these guys who are only here for a short amount of time. It's way cheaper for Khan to be like, oh, yeah, I'll pay for that, right? Because I've got to pay a you know small fee for a couple months, right, versus a lifetime ownership of a song or something. 
but that's the thing that when you were talking about earlier, you know, a, a kid that used to go to ECW shows because his dad could fly him to Philadelphia and put him in the front row. This is what we get when he's like, dude, I remember Rob Van Dam in ECW. It was fucking Pantera walk. It wasn't that someone tried to replicate one of a kind from WWE. It was, we're going back to the original yeah. shit and I'm going to pay for it. That's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. And as good as um, I forget the guy's name right now that does all these um AEW uh, musics. Um, oh yeah, he's fucking really great. That guy, as yeah, good I don't as he know is, his name. he did right. The, like uh, he he's recreated yeah. a couple things, pretty spot on. Right, he's awesome. good. But look, we didn't need that here. We needed the authentic. No. Spark, spark. Oh, oh, what do so you good. say? So good. I started. So yeah, I again, stomping in the. I yard. thought that was cool and that was fun. Now, in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, I mean, this will be cool. Like, this is a this is a fun spot. They'll probably do this at All In, right? Or whatever. What is it? It's All In over there or All Out. I forget which one is the one in London. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to do that, and that'll be fun, right? But I was like, ah, you know, that I, I'm going to remember this for what this is, was a fly-by-night appearance by Rob Van Dam for this big event, and that's going to be cool and fun, right? We're all going to do the fucking Rob Van Dam. He's going to make some jokes about getting high. We're going to love that. Oh, you think it's going to be at all in. Mikey Ruckus. That's who Jeffrey Sill says. Uh, right? Yeah. That's where we're going. I thought they're wrestling next week. Ooh, are they? I Okay, again, I don't read shit about shit, but I thought he said he did say in the that next promo, week, did he? I'm going to win the FTW championship. And when like is the I all in thing? Do, that's I'm not until September, this. right? Yeah, that's too far. Yeah, that's right. No, August 27th. It's at the end well, of the month. Well, that's still too far. Um, oh, well, maybe we get a little schmoz. You think he no. would want to book him for that? Rob Van Dam, maybe he does something no. different. Then. No, 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 no. Yeah. You're wrong. Where's my pencil? Here's my All pencil. Right. You ready for this? Tom's got the pencil. That's how it fucking happens. We did it. Tom's it got the pencil. Tom's got the pencil. Here, this is how it happens, pal. Uh, sit down and learn. Take some notes. Uh Next week, yeah, there you go. You ready? Next week, next, how do you spell Jack next? Perry, uh, <laughs> X T. Yeah. Right. Uh, next week, um, Jack Perry finds some way to roll up, or you know what I mean, shenanigans by the skin of his teeth. Kansas City beats Rob Van Dam. Something beats Rob Van Dam. And the next week, he's like, "Who the fuck is here to beat me?" Then that's where we bring out. A Sabu again, or someone who can wrestle that's a Tommy Dream person, right? <laughs> yeah, Bully Ray, right? Someone Bully like Ray that. could could go for a match against Jack Perry for sure. He can still go. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So we're going to do ECW, ECW, ECW. And finally, the week before, Jack Perry has conquered the three legends because I think that's, we, that's how much time we have, right? So he beats Rob Van Dam, Tommy Dreamer, Bully Ray. And then he goes, Look at this. I'm going to all in as FTW champion. Isn't that fucking cool? It's and then Hook of... comes back. Mm -hmm. No, Hook comes back. Or or this is how you should do it. This is actually how you should do it because that's a better idea. Um, You have them each come out. And then Jerry Lynn comes out and he's like, I have one more guy for you. And then Hook walks out and he's like, motherfucker, all in. Jack Perry. We're going to do an extreme rules match. FTW yeah, championship. An extreme rules lumberjack or something, right? Like they're gonna have all the guys dotted around. Yeah, we're gonna get the Sandman yeah, there. You, and then, 
We're going to get fucking Tommy right. Dreamer. Yep. That's the thing. is, And so then you do the extreme match, which, I mean, AEW, they play fast and loose with the rules. Sometimes they are extreme matches without even being said. But yeah, that was my thought is in Wembley Stadium, you do Jack Perry, Hook, and throughout these little spots to give both guys, because they're still pretty green, yep. little like brevity, you it's, bring in yeah. Sandman. Extreme rules anywhere in Wembley, a Wembley, you know, falls count anywhere in Wembley match, right? And then, yeah, as they yeah. run into a broom closet, there's fucking, you know, Raven, right? And he's like fucking hanging out in the dark and he fucking gives Jack Perry a little fucking, you know, titty twister, right? right. And it sends them on their way down to the next spot where it's Jerry Lynn, right? And it's Bully Ray, right? Yeah. Every stop, there's an ECW and then, original. And then it ends. Yeah, and then it ends with Taz. They get to commentary, wherever commentary is going to be. They get to the commentary. Taz puts Taz. the Taz mission on, then throws them to Hook. Hook then does some, you know, not an F5, but does some type of yep. big move and then does the red rum and beats you know him we that need? way. You know what we need for that? We need Joey Styles. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun if you just in the crowd. If he just it. comes out and he goes, oh, my, oh my God. God. <laughs> like right at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That would be fun. Hire that's how funny. I would book it. That's, yeah. That's how you should book it. I don't know if that's what you're going to do, but that's what I would do. Um, all right. Uh, then after that, after uh, Rob Van Dam comes out and we get a match for next week, a video is shown where the women's title match is the main event. So we got to yeah. fucking find out on the fly how we're going to do the rest of this format because this is a fucking curveball um it's so like you forgot the main event the that's normally the match before the main event yeah did you have something that we're not gonna see no i'm kidding actually you did but anyhow um then we get to a three-way match which was a apparently a hardcore match trent beretta john moxley penta zero Miedo, go and they fucking go this was wild and honestly, I was shocked by John Moxley because I think we got all the way throughout this match and he didn't bleed. He didn't bleed. Isn't that weird? Trevoretta did, but not Moxley. You know, I want to point something out. Everybody should subscribe to the Spanish Announce Table at SpanishAnnounceTable.net, right? And if you subscribe to this podcast, you get the Pro Wrestling's best news each day where we give it to you, the best. Don't you forget it. Um, there was this thing of like AEW issues a banned moves list, right? We're going to ban all these things. And then all these other things need to get approval. And since then, in nearly every segment or match, I've seen one of those things. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, AEW. <laughs> and that well, story was confirmed guess- by wrestlers and, and producers and stuff. Like that wasn't like Dave Meltzer going like, I heard they put a ban. No, this was like, they were like, yeah, no, I saw it. And everybody's like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. Uh, Tony Khan probably was like, no, you do need approval. I approve all of it. <laughs> They're like, okay, cool. And they just go out there. Because yeah. You're like, all right, I get it. I can't that do that. Story, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you said the story, what immediately came to my mind is Tony Khan doesn't really give a shit. TNT, TBS, Turner, whatever you want to call it, they do. So we're going to put out this list. I told them they can't do it. Exactly. It's live, pal. What do you want me to do? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hey, 
Hey guys, don't do that again. Hey, guys, listen, if you need to take me off hey. the air, I get it. Just call the advertisers and let them know. Yeah, look, if you want to do a power bomb through thumbtacks, I mean, I wouldn't, but just saying, that's one of the things you probably shouldn't do. Wink, 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 right? Yeah. Uh, that's what I thought the entire time. Is Tony Khan fucking, fucking care? Watch the first three years. They don't get, ever give a shit. Yeah. Their first they did an exploding match, barbed wire death match. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think one of their first, like, uh, you know, signature matches besides Cody versus Dustin was Moxley versus Omega and like a hardcore match that the state had to uh, like fine them for because it was too violent. Santana and Ortiz killed Matt Hardy in the uh, in the stadium yeah. stampede match. That was not network, but you get the shit. idea. Yeah, you don't care. Yeah. So I liked. So going back to this match. So I liked this. I thought Trent was honestly the MVP. He took that. Uh, Canadian destroyer through a table suplex through tables. He bled Penta did his stuff, which is always great. And son of a bitch, Tim Trent Beretta gets the victory. What'd you think about Trent getting the win? Shocked man. Uh, but well deserved. <laughs> dude, the dude puts on a show everywhere he goes. Mm-hmm. And then uh post-match Moxley hugs Trent. Oh, wait a minute. I have that wrong. Moxley chokes Trent. Um, and then uh that brings out the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club, which then brings out the best friends. We get some back and forth, back and forth, and then it's eventually announced. And we're gonna do that backstage brawl that was so fucking great when it was best friends versus Santana Ortiz, but now it's gonna be all of them. Orange Cassidy not coming from a trunk of a you know Ford Sonata. And it's going to be all three of them versus Blackpool Combat Club. What do you think about that in Daly's place? I'm excited for that one. I am excited for that one. I feel like they're going to go all over, all out, over the top, whatever you want to say. It's going to be a banger. So here's my question, though. And I don't know, again, shit about nothing. So is Friday's episode going to be live? Or did they, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, did they already tape or it? Were they taping this and then putting it in? It. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Which should be better because then they have time to edit. But again, we saw highlight packages that didn't pay attention to detail. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah, now let's get to some fun. So as we talked about Rampage this Friday night, tomorrow night, as of this recording, we got a backstage parking lot brawl between the best friends and Blackpool Combat Club. That should rule. Then we get a segment that did fucking rule. MJF comes out and he talks about having ADD. And Tim, I am, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know anything. He said, is this real? Is this a work? Whatever. But he said, with ADD comes uh, accepting rejection, something like he doesn't. Rejection sensitivity disorder. What does that mean? Because I, I don't fucking know. I don't know if it's real either, but I was like, I get that. Yeah, fine. Let's roll with it. I like how he got the crowd chanting yeah. ADD. So my son was in the kitchen when I was watching that live. Yeah, I wasn't live. I was a little behind, but on, on the uh, on the living room TV. And so he could hear it in there. And he just heard MJF say, I've had ADD or whatever. And he just started laughing. And then like the crowd was chanting ADD. And I was like, listen to that. <laughs> I was like, they're fucking chanting ADD, right? Like, it's so great. This whole segment, and you're going to go through it a little more, but I have well, so I many thoughts of like how bit. great this was. 
Well, I was going to back up a little bit. Not only has an AEW crowd chanted ADD, they've also chanted he's gay, he's gay in a way that positive was fashion. motivating and uplifting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So AEW crowds, good on you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then let's get back into it. So he says uh, kind of what we heard about when he talked about uh, his feud with CM Punk, where he was picked on and quarters were thrown at him why would kids waste quarters but i don't know whatever it's high school uh pick it up jew boy pick it up all this stuff and it said it made him want to like it made him mad essentially i'm gonna cut to the chase here because i wrote a lot of notes but i'm gonna just cut to the chase eventually he said hey i found out that people were horrible so what i figured is i'm gonna be horrible to them before they can be horrible to me and so it was tough for him to trust people and he's been a scumbag and then in our next fun uh chant it's he's a scumbag he's a scumbag so let me go to hashtag tweet the table here real quick where brian j baby says mjf with the fire promo don't get me wrong i'm still a scumbag but i'm your scumbag hashtag tweet the table yeah man this moment and we'll talk more about this obviously but this you've mentioned this so much with the storyline each week i don't know where we're going next and this is why i love it so much this could all be a ruse by MJF to stab Adam Cole in the back and be the mastermind. This could all be a ruse by Adam Cole. This could all be legit and and Roddy Strong is the turd in the punch bowl that becomes the villain. Right? Like, so many things here. Even so many more things than I just mentioned are already in my head that we could go with this thing. But MJF could legitimately, from right now, turn completely 100% face if that's the direction they wanted to take him. And they did it in very short order. It's so good. But organically, it wasn't this thing where right. MJF ran in to help another baby face. So by de facto, yeah. he's now baby face. No, yeah, exactly. Like we've legitimately like been like, I like this guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. So Adam Cole, or excuse me. So MJF brings out Adam Cole and he's like, Hey, you know, one of the guys that's helped me the most is Adam Cole. So I want to thank him. So then Adam Cole uh, comes out to what I think was the mix up music of the MJF and Adam Cole yeah. song, which I thought was a cool touch. And uh, MJF is like, Hey man, I want to thank you. And Adam Cole's like, dude, I am so proud of you. Like, do you realize like, basically you were a piece of shit, but you're not that much anymore. <laughs> and he goes, I'm still a scumbag. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, you're still a scumbag. Um, and then MJF takes back the conversation. He says, hey, what I really brought you out here for is because uh, I want to talk about that title shot I promised you. You don't deserve it. And Adam Cole's like, the fuck? Like, kind so of you don't like deserve when a we go back to. Yeah. Well, when we kind of, if we rewind a little bit back to collision, one of the best moments in AEW history is after, unfortunately, MJF and Adam Cole do not defeat FTR for the tag team championships, mm, we see Adam Cole after handing MJF the title, you know, doing some things. And here's the crowd, which he's not a rookie. He's a veteran. And you hear him say, I, I knew it. Fucking I knew freaking it. I knew fucking it. knew it. And he goes, he goes, do what you have to do. Do what you Accepting have to do. Accepting it. And you see, yeah. And you see MJF like, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to. And he throws the title and they fucking embrace. Did I cry? Maybe. <laughs> it was fucking awesome awesome i made everyone i know i might cry right video. now oh my 
Oh, I'm getting emotional. Look at my face getting red. It was so fucking great to see men supporting men in like a non like asshole way. When's the other last time you see that shit? It's always I'm Joe Rogan. And that continued here with the Adam Cole promo towards MJF. Right, that's what I was getting at. So yeah, you get this fucking real sensitive, like genuine moment. So then we come back to this moment on uh, last night's Dynamite, and he goes, "You don't deserve a match. No, you deserve." the match and he goes wembley stadium (sighs) me and you in the main event for the aew world heavyweight championship and he hands him a contract and immediately fans are chanting read it read it read it because again we don't trust mjf wholeheartedly right because it's not that long ago in the aew collective mind brain that MJF did this whole thing on punk and then left him in a whole, you know, pile of his blood. Right. So we're still skittish on is MJF really going to do this shit. Right. So Adam Cole he grabs didn't it. Read it. He reads it. Well, I, I brought this up. I sent you a video cause I didn't want to forget about it. And I, I watched it right before we started recording. So the point that I want to bring up is, so he signs it, shuts it and they hug. And the detail that was brought up to me by someone online and who it was, I don't know, but I rewatched it and I was like, son of a bitch, he ain't wrong. And maybe we're reading into details that aren't really pick it up and read it later. No, what he does is he hugs him. And as he, so he hugs him and then he puts his hand in a fist and it looks Uh. like he's mimicking stabbing him in the back. He, He does a, this motion, like, this is why you need to watch the YouTube because I'm not going to describe it. He puts his hand in this kind of emotion and then hits him in the back, which looks like he's stabbing him in the back. And it's like, is that foreshadowing? This is where this is so much. Fun I love this because- fucking storyline. God damn it, Tom. So yeah. there's so many things. So he didn't read the fucking contract and I didn't even put two and two together that they were chanting, read it. And he didn't read it. We could get to this thing and they're like, yeah, you got a match, but it's a fucking, you know, MJF can use every weapon and and Adam Cole has an arm tied behind his back match. It could be so many fucking things, right? Uh, But we also got what I was saying here. Adam Cole was giving him the bro love talk of a lifetime, right? Like you've changed, man. We're so proud of you. These people love you. You are enough, right? Like you don't have to fucking hide anymore, right? Like the heart is, is in you. We all knew there was a great guy, just fucking just all heartwarming shit and now it's the best I, man we could get the double attempt right they both try to stab each other in the back and say, oh, who the fuck knows where this is going and i love it i love it i love it i love it yeah so we jump backstage and uh, th- okay on the surface, this didn't make any fucking sense. Now, again, we might get some more details and now understand why he threw a fucking hissy fit here. But Roderick Strong is just throwing shit and just uh, beside himself, which, okay, here's here's my point about this, why it didn't make any fucking sense. Hey, brother, your friend got a world championship shot. Regardless if he likes MJF or if he hates him, he got a shot at the championship. So why the fuck are you so mad? At what is being billed at, and again, pro wrestling is a lot of fluff. But they're stating now on their graphics on live TV that this is going to be the biggest attended wrestling event in the history of wrestling. 
I know WWE Outside of stated numbers that we all agree were fake, right, above it, but, yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, your guy's going to be at the largest thing ever, a legit shot, straight up, so we think, against mm-hmm. a guy who's who's in love with him, right? Like, he isn't going to do anything wrong to him? Maybe you don't think that, but, like, yeah, I, I don't get it. Like, but if why, you don't- cautious would be an appropriate response. But yeah, because if he's violently if he's angry, at the, yeah. So if he's standing there at the at the TV, going, he never read the contract. He never read the contract, and that's why he's upset. Okay, but what we have happened here is Roderick Strong throwing every fucking thing he can get his hand on, and then the Kingdom walk by and says, "Hey." Cole does sure forget about his friends because if you go back in Ring of Honor history, Adam Cole was in the kingdom. He leaves the kingdom to do the Bullet Club thing and they get left to the wayside, right? Which is fine. And again, they own Ring of Honor, so you should know it. Sure, sure. Sure, whatever, right? But again, I will say it makes no fucking sense, pal. They're going to be fighting each other. If you think MJF is going to do something to him, your friend has the opportunity to punch him in the fucking mouth. Right. Now it's a level stage from what we understand, right? It's a fight. Yeah. Yeah. So I go don't be in his corner. Go, go be in his corner right. and help him. Why would you be mad? Yeah. So, so I don't know. Cautious. Again, yeah, cautious would be an appropriate response, right? Annoyed with the situation would be an appropriate response. Violently angry throwing things around at your place of work is not an appropriate response, nor is so much that you were so violently angry that like your arch nemeses came up and like were in your face and you didn't even fuck. You were so in the zone spitting on yourself that you didn't even notice. Come on. Yeah. That felt like overacting and, and, and reach outside of the story. It just, yeah, it made no sense that anyone would act that way, but we move on. Now let's get to the dream match of dream matches. It is the elite taking on Jeff Jarrett, Satnam Singh, and Jay Lethal. Team TNA versus AEW. Jeff Jarrett and Kenny Omega in the same ring. I think Satnam Singh has a, a height taller than all of the other competitors combined in this match. I think if you stack them up totem pole of, style, he's as tall. <laughs> one of my uh, uh, favorite moments of this match was when uh, he does get tagged in, and I think it was Matt Jackson. He goes toe-to-toe with him. He looks up, and he goes, well, I'm going to make a tag. And the other two guys go, nope. And when they nope, walk down, yeah. the- <laughs> not today, pal. Good luck. Listen, we're all going to get there, down. but you're first. <laughs> yeah, it's like you yeah. get the first. And they walk down. Luck of the draw. Up, right? And so, uh, again, earlier in the day, actual news that we know is verified because it was named by both the people and the company. Sports uh, the Illustrated, even. Resigned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the elite resigned with AEW. So we get basically the elite, including the Hangman. Like, that's a distinction. Well, they'll I call think the they elite are. sometimes. That's who I think. They are, but like yeah. they'll refer to just Young Bucks and Omega as the elite. Mm, right? right so i want to make that distinction like we're talking about the full elite here yeah to me the elite is the four of them plus cody rhodes even though he left that's still the elite to me but yeah. uh, whatever right that's right. my definition of it 
So essentially we get at the very end, uh, a guitar is brought into the ring. The guitar is kind of passed around. Eventually Hangman comes in, does his buckshot lariat. Kenny Omega plays the guitar and throws it behind his back or whatever. Hits the one winged angel, pins Jay Lethal. There you go. And then afterwards, in a moment that you fucking neck-bearded nerds are overreacting on because it was said after 10 minutes of a sprint from Kenny Omega, they get on the microphone and they say, we want to be here for the next 10 years, whether that's or it's 200 episodes and we want to be here for the next 200 episodes, whether that's uh, Dynamite, Rampage, and he goes, and even Collision, which he's just thinking of the shows that are on television and naming yeah. them and goes, should I say this? Well, why not? He's not doing a, oh, and then at Wembley, Omega's going to attack Punk. Fucking nerds. Cut it out. And, you know, if he does, that'll be a great moment. But, like, you don't have to have thought of it beforehand for it to be cool. Like, just wait. We'll get there. Granted, we I, do I, some I, of that I, here I, on this show. But, again, like, we're trying to come up with content here, right? <laughs> like, we're trying, like, we'll be spitballing well, sometimes. But, like, yeah, like, this, this idea that, like, because CM Punk is back, that every action that CM Punk and the Elite are ever involved in has to be some sort of nod towards, you know, a thing happening to them. It's almost more possible that these folks never get in the ring with each other. Ever. Or that they never honestly consider each other. That's the thing that I want to bring up is right. he's probably just saying it. Like, I don't know Kenny Omega's name. Whatever his government name is, I bet that person was talking on the microphone. It was not yeah. Kenny Omega, the wrestler. You know what I, I mean? I saw his real name and the so other this day idea I forgot what it was, but I wanted to mention it because you, yeah. you wouldn't guess it. And I forgot it. Damn it. Yeah. So, but th this idea that everything said on AEW television or even WWE television is this thought out thing by a writer. No, grow up. Let's move. Tyson on. Smith. Then. Anyway, sorry. That's his real name. Yep. No way. We're going to fact check that's this. What that's what it said. I just did fact check. That's what it said. <laughs> well, I'm going to fact check. Yeah. It. You talk about the Mogul Embassy uh, attacking uh, Nick Wayne. Hey, uh, this was fun. I like some of these cinematic things, right? I like one or two of these a show, right? I really like when we get into, you know, a little disturbance from the norm, right? Everything's a backstage segment or an in-ring match these help a lot and this was interesting i think it is tyson smith isn't it look at your face look i'm gonna put it up on the look you're all front and center look at your face <laughs> go by that that's way cooler than kenny omega tyson smith that's a fucking cool name okay i'm sorry yeah, go so ahead anyway. no this yeah the i forget what they said was like hey we got a call that he's training here or something or he posted his training spot on the on the gram or something so we're That's about to was, roll yeah. up, right? And they rolled up. Mm -hmm. And I, at one point, was did AR Fox have a knife to his throat when he was telling him to make the phone call? Is that what that was? Like, yikes. Yeah. Now, was it a knife like uh, Cool Hand Ange when he brushes his hair? I don't right. know. I think it but might have been a stick, but I was throat. like, yo. Because it made yeah. him go like, okay, I'm going to make this call. Like, I don't want to make this call, but like, I see I don't have an option. <laughs> Well, and so breaking kayfabe for a moment, the fucking blade job that Nick Wayne does on himself, the last image here. So again, we'll 
cut to the chase here. They go to the garage. They bust a picture of him and his now uh, deceased father over his head. He's bleeding from his head. Then they tell him to call Darby Allen. Darby Allen gets the call and they're like, ha ha ha, you're a bitch. And then Nick Wayne is just left in this pool of blood that, I mean, cinematically looked outstanding. I mean, it probably fucking sucked to go through, but as the viewer, I was bought in 100%. This is the most credible Swerve Strickland has looked in his entire AEW run, even more so as an AEW champ uh, with Keith Lee. Like, this is the Swerve Strickland that... I thought this was done real well. I I felt like they could use... A little writing help with like the ending line and things like that, right? Like, I th- like whatever he said, like mogul embassy. I forget what he said, right? Like, I think like the concept yeah. was great. I think they delivered on like the emotionality and like the the ruggedness of it. Um, but yes, this is the most I've been invested in Swerve and mogul industry outside of like Swerve and the Keith Lee thing. But even more so for me, like this is the best that they've done since they've started. So. Love it. Uh, excited to see. Because, again, you beat Darby Allen. That's a very credible win. You you get that and maybe one more over Keith Lee. You got Swerve Strickland that could be challenging for the heavyweight championship. That's all I'm going to say is, again, go back into the 40. We're talking about 200 episodes of Dynamite. Uh, go back in the history of those 200 episodes. Any world championship match that they've had for the men's side, uh, you know how many non-white dudes have been in it? Zero. So uh, we move on and Ring of Honor, because why not? We're on Dynamite. Ring of Honor tag titles. It's Aussie Open, who you want to talk about Roderick Strong being a creative character. This team is the creative team. Take on Commander and Vikingo. And I was telling, I think it was Justin this, uh, or maybe it was someone else. Maybe Justin Floor. Charlie. So I was telling, yeah, but I was telling someone this. That like, look, this commander and Vikingo. I'm gonna start with them first. Then we get to Aussie Open. This commander well, and Vikingo. Can I pause you real quick because we have a tweet the table of about Vikingo and Commander. Oh, it's from Brian J. Bay Bay, and he says, "Holy shit, Vikingo and Commander as a tag team. This is what I've been wanting." Hashtag tweet the table. Is it? I'm being serious. Is it now that it because, happened? Is it still what you want? I think is the question Tom is right. asking. Because like, I don't mean to be rude. I really don't. But if you don't tell me any story and you just say, here's a match. If I see it once, which I did for the first time in person, when Vikingo uh, took on Kenny Omega, I'm impressed. And I leave going, that son of a bitch Vikingo can fucking do all those flips and shits and he can sell pretty good too. I like him. And then I see him on another episode of Dynamite. And then I see him on an episode of Ring of Honor. And then I see him on an episode of Rampage. And now I see him on another episode of Dynamite. I've seen it. I like, I'm again, if you're new, I get it. But for someone who's a watch every episode type type of guy this ain't for me this is this is for your pre-show of pay-per-view to get people to buy that never heard of your stuff but like i just do not care about that style of wrestling sorry now on the other side aussie open 
you don't even do the cool shit. So I don't even know what the fuck your calling card is, except for your pale, because like, what is it? What is it? I don't know. And you know what? Like, I, I, uh, I feel like this is a team you know we, we would have heard about, right? Like, we would have heard, like, Aussie Open's coming to AEW. You guys have never heard of Aussie Open. You guys should watch more Indies. Aussie Open. Look, man, I'm sure the guys pull a mean double spinning off the top rope brain buster to the opponent. I don't give a fuck because they don't make me feel anything about why they're doing it to said opponent. And so, like, and they've still shown me nothing in that regard. So, like Tom said, they're forgettable and they look like creative characters. You know how I know they're forgettable to you, Tim? Uh, we watched them live at a GCW show. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> <laughs> we did. It was against yeah. It was against uh, Nick Wayne. It was Nick Wayne and, oh, the other big, tall, white guy that the GCW has versus the Aussie Open. Aussie Open won. Uh, and that was them. So there you go. That's how remember. That's how uh, much of an imprint they made on Tim is he can't even remember that he saw him live in person on a trip to Chicago that we went to for wrestling. Um, so they win. Whatever. Again, and I don't mean to be mean. Like I said, if this is your first time seeing Commander and Vikingo, I get it. If you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? That shit was cool. It, it, you know, look, Patrick Mahomes throws the ball 60 yards in practice. If he ain't doing it in a game after the first time he throws it 60 yards in practice, I don't want to see a second time. Cause I know he can do it. You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't care. Steph Curry can hit half court shots. Does it more than twice in a game or tw- twice in a practice? I don't care. So kind of the same feeling on this, but we move on. Uh, we get a video package for Ricky Starks and CM Punk on collision where let's talk about that after this main event, but we get to our main event. So we don't even have a chance to do our fucking fun catchphrase. And I'm going to take a pause right here real quick. I'm going to call someone out and I don't mean to be mean, but I don't understand the criticism of our calling out of the it's time for the women, right? We do that for somebody yeah. criticized that. Us oh, someone that? pokes fun. Yep. Someone pokes fun. Who did uh, that? Long time. Well, our good friend from New Zealand, that should give you a hint on who that uh, yes. is. Was he poking fun and or was he acknowledging? I thought he was acknowledging. No, because no, no, he was saying, hey, NXT, and maybe I'm reading it wrong. I'm sensitive and I have a chemo brain, so maybe I'm reading it wrong. But the way I've been reading it for the last four or five tweets that he said uh, to us is, well, hey, NXT, put the women before the main event. Ho, 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 I have no problem with this. It's people who don't typically get opportunities deserve more opportunities when they put in the time and effort, right? I'm not saying just give that woman in the eighth row a wrestling match because she likes wrestling. If they put in the time and work and do the, you know, things necessary that everyone else is doing, give them the same opportunities you're giving Roderick strong, right? Cause that fucking guy sucks. And so that's where we're saying, stop putting them before the main event on top of that as a viewer each week of this program, it becomes monotonous when you always do the same thing. I We would have a catchphrase, and we almost did, if Orange Cassidy legitimately started off every single episode of Dynamite, which he was only getting there a little bit, but we were almost coming up with a catchphrase. Oh, we used to call 
WWE's kickoff show, the Dolph Ziggler kickoff show. Because for a long-running time, exactly. that motherfucker was on the kickoff show every time. And he was putting in good matches that deserved maybe being on the pay-per-view over Natalia versus Kelly Kelly or whatever the yes. fuck it was, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's where we're saying when people are putting more uh, effort and deserve more opportunities, stop putting a ceiling on their potential. And on top of that, even if you disregard the equality as a viewer, it just becomes boring that you go, well, it's eight 30. So uh, here comes, yep. Here comes the women. Like that's just a boring formulaic nonsense type of way of doing television. So I just wanted to call that out and that's why we always do it. So you can cut that clip and send it to him if you like, but we get into the women's title match. Hikaru Shida ch- challenger taking on champion Tony storm. And Back and forth affair. We got the women on the outside. Again, don't know why there were no women in Hikaru Shida's corner to fend off the outcasts. We just say, we're good people, but we don't help each other. Yeah, what the fuck with the baby yeah, faces? That is, that is a point. Uh, outside of that, though, uh, damn good match. Hard hitting. Uh, these two ladies threw it down. was my match of the night. I loved every bit of this. Uh, and then the ending, of course, I was surprised. I didn't think they were going to go this round. Yeah, so we get a roll-up victory and new, hashtag and new, as the kids say on X or Twitter or whatever the fuck. Yeah, the kids it. say that. Hikaru Shida. The social media, not the, you know, you know what I'm saying. They might say when they're on X. I mean, they which, might be on man, both. That'd be cool. Oh, you man. You ever go on X on X? I wish I was young. It's a great time. Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, man, I wish I was to young. To go on X on X? easily said it. <laughs> but no, I've just been like, hey, uh, mom, I'm going over to you know uh, jesse's house what are we gonna do oh we're just gonna go on x we're just gonna be on x no, all not night lying. right <laughs> we're just gonna be on x all damn night. it damn it man anyhow all right if you, well, if if you find us we'll be do. on x if you want to know yeah, what we're doing at two in the morning we'll be show. on x <laughs> <laughs> but of course, when we wake up in the morning we'll be like on x said, first thing <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I hope so um so Hikaru Shida, she gets the victory. She is your new women's champion. Uh, like you said, very shocking. Yeah, and and how else did the, you feel about this? This is the death of the outcast storyline then, right? Because we didn't do the whole, we're taking over, and now there's nowhere to go with this, and now they lost, and now what? Well, see, that's the thing that I was alluding to. Is So for six months or however long it's been, it's been the numbers game of the outcast mm-hmm. getting over on the baby faces. If I have the pen, pencil, here you go. Look at this thing again, right? Here it is. The way I would have booked this is the outcast, right? It's it's uh, it's Soraya, right? She gets up there and she's going to take a chair to the back of Sheeta. But before she can do it, Britt Baker grabs the chair out of her hand and they go and, you know, tussle off, right? And all that. So then it leaves Ruby Soho and Ruby Soho grabs Hikaru Shida's kendo stick. And now she's going to hit her. And here comes Willow Nightingale and she takes it from her. And then they go, or it's real. It's someone who's been involved in the storyline. And you get callbacks that this six month storyline has come to a head because all of the baby faces has said, no, we're standing up for our own and our own is a Karoshita. And then a Karoshita gets a victory. Then all the babyface women, the homegrown women can get in there and celebrate. 
that's how you do it. But yeah, now you just made him look like Tony Storm, Ross. So uh, spray paint yourself, I guess. Bye. Loser. Next person you know? they want to spray paint. Yeah, now they just become mid card faction of the week. Yeah, they, you know what? I bet they here, wrestle the, right before the main event next week. No, uh, wouldn't would not shock me at all. But here's the thing: where you know a lot has been talked about that I've seen of uh, the women's division not getting a lot of opportunities, which we've been banging that drum for the last year and a half, two years almost. And my fear is this was a great moment. This was really cool. But I could also think back to not so long ago where it was Hikaru Shida versus Jamie Hayter in the main event. And then they went right back to the being before the main event. So my fear is Hikaru Shida won in the main event. Now she's your new champion. You guys are happy, right? Hey, put them right back in the main event. Let's make it Chris Statlander versus whoever it is. And then we'll just keep the ball moving, you know? So so great, right? We had a moment. Shida wins the title. She looked cool, right? Hard match, fucking throwing hands. They were beating the shit out of each other, slapping meat, mm-hmm. doing all the things, main eventing. But next week, do we care about Cheetah and whomever's talking shit to her, right? Like, what's the next story that we do? This is the word I've had with Sheeta is that, like, I, when it's the outcast outnumbering Sheeta, you get some sympathy, right? But what's the next story? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the one-on-one story that we're going to tell with Sheeta where I care? I'm a little worried, right? Well, but my, well, yes, I 100% agree. Uh, to go along with that a little bit more, though, I worry that it's not even going to be followed up on. We're just not going to see this next week on Dynamite. This is where, I'm not trying to say be like WWE, but WWE does do something very good where they will have a main event end And then the next time that program's on, whether it's Raw or SmackDown, they open the show the next week and say, hey, what the hell? Or check us out. We're the best of all time. So if next week we start with the women, crazy concept. I literally can't even think about the last time the women started the show. Like, look, smell my dick. Or or the outcaster out there saying we got screwed. She does a dirty. We are going to burn this fucking place down. We're the right. submission sorority, <laughs> uh, and we're gonna start <laughs> making you tap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if they if they say something like that, if they start the show where they go, "Hey, last week is bullshit. We're here to stake our claim. We're the baddest bitches in this division, and here we go again. We're gonna kick your ass." Well, cool. Now we've actually got a story. Right. But if next week it's it's Chris Statlander versus. Um, uh, sky blue and it's a seven minute match and then we don't see Sheeta until rampage and for three the weeks. number one contendership yeah and we just don't yeah they have a they have a yeah. women's world title eliminator tournament and then it's a yeah. bunch of no it's a, a bunch TBS. of girls yeah 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 that that's what i'm saying it's, it's a tbs title shot that we never knew yeah. about but here it is you know so anyhow yeah. that was aew dynamite like i said i liked it as a whole or as it by itself but then when you start to think of things huh, so here's what I'll say about this. This reeks of you just got a little egg on your face with a sign in the crowd front and center saying book the women better or whatever it said, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And you're this reeks of, well, look, main event, world title change, big thing, look. Okay, bro, 
next week and the next week and the next week we'll see mm. right is where i'm at yep and i don't know we've seen this a couple times he's gotten this blowback he being tony khan has gotten this blowback a couple times albeit not as front and center with a sign on dynamite of like hey man you kind of suck at booking women's division and he goes mm. no i don't look and we go okay that's cool and then it quickly gets forgotten about so that's what i think's about to happen for better or worse i think well like, it's gonna get buried into right before the main event. well but i don't know because like i was saying when i've been seeing this social media story kind of pop up on my feed across different apps the festo or whatever her name is saying i was treated bad the women are bullies this place sucks kind of thing that's where i think maybe tony khan's like no we don't fucking suck Watch my women say how great they are having a good time here. Go on, women. Go out there and say it's a great time. I'm not saying he would do that. He's not a monster like Vince. But I'm just saying he might go, well, I'm doubling down on the women's division. Jeffrey Sills in the chat here says uh, they have good women wrestlers. They just need to be utilized better. Athena needs to be in the main show trying to get that belt. Athena versus Sheeta would be badass. I think an Athena versus Sheeta match would be a good match. Don't get me wrong. But I haven't seen a whole lot out of Athena as much as I also have not seen out of Sheeta, like I said earlier, in storylines that make me think, yeah, let's start let's let's have a couple week build to that that gets me excited. I don't I don't know that Tony Khan exists. This is what we've talked about. Maybe hire somebody else, Tony. Somebody needs to take the reins of the women's creative decisions here. Well, so that's a thing, and you know, again, I know not everyone has the funds to just buy every streaming service. But if you look at Tony Khan ring of honor, the women fucking rule. Athena is the reason to have ring of honor plus or whatever they're calling it each week. She fucking kicks ass. And I didn't like her at all. I thought her character was stupid. I didn't understand the wings. I thought she was a waste of time. And I'm not trying to say like her, you know, um, what should I say? Her wrestling ability has gotten any better or anything like that. But man, her, she has found her voice as a, uh, as a heel in like at the championship level. And she is awesome. Again, you as a dynamite collision rampage viewer, don't see that, but I will say to Jeffrey Sills, uh, point in ring of honor, she's fucking murdering it. She's probably the best woman in wrestling right now maybe behind Rhea Ripley I'd still say Rhea Ripley's a little bit better but she's doing a little bit too much of the hey guys hit me and it's like we're not going to see that happen so stop it yeah, yeah, yeah. it's one thing if like if you were that braggadocious knowing some hands were coming your way then you're a certified badass when you're that cocky knowing hands aren't coming your way it's like if I showed up at work knowing a person that can't lose this job, right, isn't going to throw hands when I'm like, fucking hit me, fucking hit me, knowing he ain't going to hit me, right? But knowing if I met him at a bar later, that <laughs> might be a different story, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. what that feels yeah. like. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, I mean, Rhea Ripley still is doing very good work. But uh, Athena's right there, if not overtaking her. So, um, yeah, so that yeah. was AEW Dynamite, which which Tim leads us to Saturday night. What? So here we go. Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday. I love that song by Elton John. Elton John fucking rules too. Um, they did a good job, as we said, of, of changing up that uh, video package for for the thing. It fits well now yeah. with the song. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's getting better. Good. And, and again, good. It was great. It didn't wasn't good to start, but it wasn't good first impression, but it's getting better each week. Yes. So here it is, Tim. Let's lay it out for the violent um viewing fan on a Saturday night. You have the following options. On this hand over here, you have WWE SummerSlam, the second biggest show of the year for WWE. And on this side, you have on, is it TNT? TNT, I never know what channel is. TNT, AEW Collision, headlined by CM Punk versus Ricky Starks. Also, you have, after that, a boxing match between Logan Paul's brother, Jake Paul, uh, uh, taking on Nate Diaz, one of the Diaz uh, brothers. That's the thing. What are you doing? Uh, um, Not watching that. Now, <laughs> I know you hate you me should. for that. It's going to be better yeah. than both of the others. Uh, it probably will. Now, if I'm watching whenever, regardless of if I watch it live or if I watch this later on the DVR, I will be watching Collision before I watch the WWE SummerSlam. I'm really interested in some things happening on Collision and in WWE, not so much, right? Like, I'm really not. I don't really care what happens over there at all. It's just not, it's so, just boring. It's just well, I will say, boring. I, I will say I am intrigued because the pie in the sky vision of the bloodline from most people's point of view has always been, if it's not going to be the rock who wins this shit, it's going to be Uso. Jay Uso. Okay. That could right? be cool. If we get so that is he going to do that? If we get but that moment, are we? cool. Right. I don't know. So that is intriguing. I will give WWE that. So hear me out. Other than that, If we peek behind the curtain, right? If we're mm-hmm. like, hey, I know, mm-hmm. which we like to not do much on the Spanish announce table. But in mm-hmm. a situation in real life, if we're, t- if we're pulling back and this is a TV show, if there's an actor who has more muscle than everybody else on the show, and can say, I don't care what the writers think. I'm not doing it unless we do this. It's Roman Reigns, right? So now, would Roman Reigns decide to say, yeah, I'll lay down for this person? If there's a person I feel like Roman Reigns thinks I'll lay down for, wouldn't it be his cousin that he grew up with that was like a brother to him, right? So possibly, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe we do. I'm holding out hope, but I also feel like Okay, but you guys took way, even if you did it now, you took way too fucking long to do it. <laughs> like, you just took way too fucking long to do it. You flirted well, with it so I much, would, you took way too fucking long. I I have, the thing that I've criticized the most about the Bloodline storyline, which I will say is the second greatest storyline WWE has ever produced behind Stone Cold versus the uh, Vince McMahon. Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon could be the best storyline of all time. But other than that, Bloodline is right there. The criticism that I have always given it is there would be multiple weeks pre-Sami Zayn turning on the Bloodline. There would be multiple weeks of the same thing. Rinse, repeat. We're doing the same thing. Does Roman like Sami? Does Roman like Sami? Now, since then, we have kind of sped up and we've done some, hey, well, Jimmy doesn't like him. Now, Jimmy's out of the bloodline. Well, then now it's just, you know, so we're getting some good story. I will say, like, the pace of it is being told in a good manner. 
I think if we are peeking behind the curtain, I think this is the reverse of what you're saying. I think this is Roman saying, me and Jay want to do this. We've always said we want to do this. And hey, man, I've been the champion for a thousand plus days. Dude, let's give it to Jay. And I think WWE, specifically that like, sexual predator, Jay. Yeah. is like, we don't want to. And we also want you to break the all-time record. Because if we're going to break Bruno San Martino's record, we ain't starting over. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... You're at whatever thousand. Yeah, no, nah, Bruno, Bruno streak is like four thousand days or something. Like Nobody's breaking that streak, right? It ain't happening. Um, the Jeffrey Sills Look, brings up a shy. good point. Jeffrey Sills brings up a good point. However, he says though, just like Sheeta winning the belt, what are they gonna do with Jay Uso as WWE Universal Champion? You got an idea? I'm glad. I'm glad you asked. Because and this is why you should hire Tom. Seen. Because, yep, <laughs> I got it. You tell me. You tell me. Hey, what you gonna do? I can come up with something right now. I just thought of this because there's someone. As I was talking this out, that we haven't talked about in a little bit, and I think it would be fun, especially again peeking behind the curtain, that they want to do. And so, if you are saying Jay Uso is your champion, if you, if you're if I'm tasked with, hey Thomas, uh, day one. Uh, Roman lost. He, he was going on vacation. Jay's our champion. What was the first thing you're going to do? Well, I'm turning Jimmy on him and I'm going to do Jimmy versus Jay. Yeah. And after I do Jimmy versus Jay, I'm going to have Solo Sokoa be conflicted and I'm turning that shit into a triple threat for. Tell me the last time. Tell me if it's ever happened, actually, that you've had a triple threat for the World Heavyweight Championship and their brothers. You ever had that? You ever had well, three brothers? And all three of them were non-white guys. <laughs> that right. didn't yeah, well, either. That, yeah. The only, yeah. So that's the thing that I would do. I would go right to Jimmy is jealous of Jay. Jimmy is the heel. Because I would do Roman has a crisis of conscience. He's fucking gone. Get him off TV for a while. Bro. Jimmy, Jay, Solo, all of them. Jeffrey Sills doesn't like your solo suggestion and gave you two trash can emojis for putting solo into this. <laughs> oh, you double you trash the guy that hasn't. Oh, okay. So the guy that hasn't been pinned other than by Cody Rhodes, that guy's the trash. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that guy, he's not credible. That guy, the guy that loses all the Again, time. if you build the story right again, and in a triple threat, it fits a hundred percent. I agree with you there. Like I would have no problem booking that up. He's been in yeah, and the I main just, event stuff. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, you're yeah, not saying Solo versus Jay is 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 running Survivor Series or nothing here. Yeah. No. Yeah. What's the next B pay per view backlash or whatever? And also, yeah, uh, the Jeffrey Sill says I'm, I'm sure the Von Erichs did something like that before. <laughs> well, and it, yeah, maybe, but I'm talking about WWE. Name it in WWE. We're like actual yeah, wrestling. Yeah, the Usos track. are better than the Von Erichs, right? Like that's not a shock yeah. to anybody. <laughs> Yeah, wait till you see that movie on Christmas Day about Devon Ayers. You're gonna have a different yeah. opinion of, yeah. of those. Uh, give brothers. me, give me um, random member of the Anawaii family versus random member of the Yvonne Ayers any day, and I'll make a lot more money, a lot more money. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what I would do. And then again, I would have Roman do a crisis of conscience, leave, come back, and then scorched earth. But I wouldn't have him go straight to the title. I would have him do some other. He's so. 
I know you don't watch fights, but there's a term uh, once a fighter's like fought for the championship and he's won the championship, then he loses the championship and he's not past his prime, but he's not going to be a title challenger anymore. Right. So they call it the, they call it the just some fight. They call it the just some fun fights era where it's just some fun fights right. where it's, I can still beat this guy thought, up. <laughs> right. Right. But you never yeah. thought he would go up a division and fight the number three contender in the division ahead of him. Right. Like that's a yeah, fun yeah, fight. Yeah. And so what I would do more. It's how can we make Reigns, the most money off a fight without a title on the line? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Very similar to like when Brock and CM Punk were at SummerSlam. That was a fun fight, but it had no championship. That's what I would do more with Roman Reigns than just John Cena in it. And I, I got a championship. Well, now I don't. Yeah. Now I got a championship. I'm like, fuck that shit. That's boring. Well, as we've been talking a lot about SummerSlam, we're going to make some predictions. But before we want to get into that, I've got two things we should hit real quick. We've got a tweet the table and we've got a call that was submitted to tableshow at gmail.com by a call. I mean, it was an MP3, right? Not a video, but Hell yeah. send us a call, an audio call, a video call, whatever to tableshow at gmail.com. If you want to ask us a question, if you want to bring up a topic again, you know, add some flair to it. If you want, you don't have to, you can just have your voice. If you want to add a little underbed of music or whatever, you want to have a little intro fun. Great. Just don't make this thing five minutes, fucking long, eight minute, right? Ask right. us a question, bring up a topic, make a joke. Let's move on. Uh, but go ahead. Oh, and do it before we go live. We can't just take it from the chat yeah. and put it in. So yeah. like, do it before. Oh, by we the go. way, so do it. If like you send mid-day. it to us in the email, much like Ash Hendricks did here today, uh, let us know somehow else because you know it's 2023. Nobody's monitoring their email every day unless it's their work email account, right? Like I don't always get a notification. We get enough spam email that the notifications don't come to my phone, right? Like that kind of thing. So you got to let me know. Hey, sent you a submission somewhere. Just get us a heads up. Somehow we've got all the social media links on the thing, but real quick, a tweet. The table came in from a long time listener, big Josh. He says, hashtag tweet the table. Someone needs to tell Thea Hale too much. Cocaine is bad. Hashtag NXT GAB. So yeah, they had the NXT great American bash. Um, spoiler. I didn't watch it. I've never really watched Thea Hale either, but I do want to say yes. Too much. Cocaine is bad. But what's too much. Right, what's too much? Yeah, Yeah, and are you saying at one time? Too much to me? How much cocaine do you do regularly? What do you consider too much? Yeah, and why don't we try? Yeah. Well, we gotta clarify. Are we talking at one time? Are we talking about throughout a day, throughout a month, throughout a year? All I'm saying is it feels like we've got a lot of science experiments we still need to do. You know what I mean? I'll be the variable. You be the control. You say sober. I'll be the variable for this experiment. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's great. That's great. You got kids. I don't. So maybe. Yeah, yeah. That That sounds like a great plan. All right. um, Now let's get, before we move on to our our, uh, SummerSlam picks here to end the show, right? Because it's fun. We don't really watch, but we like to to see if we can predict it right. And we usually can. We should make. Who was that girl? Or is that guy? What was that person's name? Thea what? Thea Hale. I'm going to look that NXT. person up. I have no idea. I tried to watch is. NXT last night. I tried to pull it up from Tuesday night's NXT. And man, I forgot it was on the TV pretty quickly. I don't know. I'm just not into it. Oh, I like this guy that she's with. This is the Chase U uh, guy. Oh, he yeah. was in Evolve. Yeah. But he's, the he Chase U thing's fun. He was. <laughs> He was so nice to me. I spent a weekend with him for my bachelor party, him and the rest yeah. of Evolve. Um, 
and he was such a cool guy. I hope that guy a lot of success. I didn't know he was in NXT. Good for him. Okay, sorry. We got well, call. like I said, you can send us something to tableshow at gmail.com. MP3, MP4, send us something. Let us know you sent it. We'll play it here again. We do this on Thursdays. Try to get it to us by midday Thursday, uh, the latest, or else we might not get to it, right? But we'll play it on the next one. We'll get you. And here we go from Ash Hendricks, one of the longest, you know, you know, most original listeners of the Spanish announce table. What up, gentlemen? It's Ash. How you doing? Happy 10 years on one week anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, got a question for you. Uh, two questions, actually. Question number one. If you was going to show pro wrestling to someone that doesn't watch wrestling, what match would that be? And number two, what was the first match that each of you showed your uh, wives when, you know, you let them know that you were a fucking loser that watches pro wrestling? Anyways, have a good week. Have a good show. Peace. Oh, actually, no. One more thing before I go. T-Mac, how about that head kick, eh? I don't know about you, bro, but I lost a lot of money on that fucking fight. You know what I mean? Oh, so annoyed. Lost some money on the parlay. Lost some money in a handshake bet with my friend at work. So, I'm sad. Anyways, peace out. Lost some money. Mm. Dude, Dustin Poirier is my favorite fighter. He beat Justin Gaethje in the first fight. I still think he's the better fighter. The thing that's incredible, and I'll send you this screenshot because I know you don't watch fights, but I'll send you two screenshots. One guy did not block a kick, walked right through it. Dustin Poirier did exactly what you should and blocked with two hands and it knocked him out. Now, not out cold, but still. Man, that fucking sucks. What are we talking about? Oh. Ash Hendricks said, what would you show to somebody who hasn't watched pro wrestling where you're going to like, this is pro wrestling. Like, what match, he said specifically. Um, match, I want to put aside for a second. If I want to show somebody this is pro wrestling, and, you know, sue me if you think this is recency bias, I'm going to show them the MJF and Adam Cole storyline over the last several weeks. Right? Like, I'm going to show them, like, this is what it can be. This is how fun it is. I might show them the Hangman Adam Page self-esteem storyline, right, that we ran a few years back. Match, this also sounds like the cliche answer that everybody wants to give you, but I can't help but think of Undertaker Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. I remember vividly watching that. I was in Germany, so I had to stay up late to watch it with a friend who hadn't watched wrestling in years, right? He was watching it with me. And I remember while watching that going like, God damn, am I watching the greatest wrestling match of all fucking time? And I don't recall too many other times in my life saying that live in the moment, right? There's been times where I've been like, is this the match of the year? Like those kind of things. But so I still think like if you're going to show a match where you just have a match and maybe the vignette beforehand, that one's hard to beat. Okay. What about you? Um, all right. So I made a list already. Stay. Let me just finish this one thing. I wasn't okay. fucking listening so to you. Here, I, had to jump. I, I had to, had to bring dump yeah. over here. No, I like. No, no, no. I like it. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because one of mine is close to that, and mm-hmm. I fight a lot of people. Not fight. I argue a lot about this, and it's my preference. And again, wrestling's big enough. We can all like our things, and we don't have to hate each other. But we can also disagree. Yeah, and well, it's except fine. you, you know who you are. You know who you are. You know who you are. Uh, I prefer. Okay, so I put down four matches just off the top of my brain that I would show someone who doesn't know pro wrestling. Uh, in regards to the match that you mentioned, 
Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker. Mm-hmm. I prefer I prefer WrestleMania 26 because that's when actually Shawn Michaels has to retire. So the full breath of and then he's gone forever and we never saw him again. We never saw him wrestle again. And that's what I would show him. I would say, look at this. The whole on, thing, right? Not on broadcast television, at least. I know that. Some yeah, on that shit. Never wrestled again. Fucking, yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about. No, I don't know what you're talking about. He never wrestled again. Hey, look, but that's what I would show. Him. I Shawn would show him. Michaels only wrestled with long hair. That's what I know. So if there was a Shawn Michaels that wrestled without long hair, it didn't happen. Yeah, it was a fake Diesel. Um, but HBK versus Taker at WrestleMania 26. I prefer that. I think they're kind of the same, except for again, Shawn has to retire. The other things I would show: Stadium Stampede. I think Stadium Stampede 100%. is fucking awesome. Oh, Stadium Stampede, a hundred percent. Was a match that, like, I again, I, I hate questions like this, right? What is the match you would show them? Well, it depends on the person. Is this a person I want mm-hmm. to show the storyline drama saga? Then I'm thinking Shawn Michaels Undertaker. If I want to show them how fun wrestling can be, I want to show them, like I said, MJF Adam Cole's storyline. I want to show them the stadium stampede, right? If I want to show him technical prowess and a storyline within a match, I might show him, like Jeffrey Sill says here, MJF Danielson Iron Man match. No oh, recency yeah, that, bias, right? Well, so uh, that kind of goes the opposite way because I don't think non-wrestling fans have that attention span. They're not going to spend an hour with you right. watching something that they're not really into, right? So this is where my third option goes to. I don't remember what WrestleMania number it was, but it was their second WrestleMania match. And it's Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. That Mm -hmm. 10 minute, five minute sprint where it's just finisher, 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 jump over the spear, finisher, finisher, finisher. We're done. That's fucking fun. I love that match. Another one kind of adjacent to it. WrestleMania 22, the triple threat between Kurt Angle, Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio becomes champion. Might show him that one too. Those are your sprints where if like, hey, they're not going to, you can tell that you're losing them just talking about it. There you go. Last one that I would say, and this one is just fun because wrestling is fun. Um, Similar to the stadium stampede, but in much shorter time, the parking lot brawl, best friends versus Santana and Ortiz. You got Sue flipping them off as they leave. You got Orange Cassidy coming out of the trunk of a car. You got the violence. That's the other one. So now the other part of Ash's question was, what is the first match you showed your significant other when you showed them you were a fucking loser who likes pro wrestling? So I don't recall. Uh, yeah, you have a. I Has has your wife ever watched wrestling? She has watched some wrestling, right? But she is immediately. I don't think she would that. like. <laughs> She's yeah, never watched. I don't think she would so watch I remember your... very vividly a moment when we were early dating. Living in this, you know, one room where I'm renting a room and a house with seven dudes, right? And she's in there, and we're going to do something for the night. I can't remember, but I'm like, now nah, I got to watch Raw tonight. And it's the episode when the NWO comes to Raw, right? And they're all like, the black and white is hitting everything. And, and I'm marking the fuck out, and she's like, what is this? And I'm like, this is one of the biggest fucking moments in pro wrestling history. <laughs> like, I'm like flipping out. Like, this is crazy. I would have never imagined this happened like five years ago. <laughs> like, just being a total dork. And she's just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I'm surprised she's still hanging around now that I think back to that moment. 
Uh, but man, yeah, I remember that one very vividly being one of the first things we encountered where she was like this, really like this fucking thing, like this, these a holes. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. All of these. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a major moment. I remember. Yeah, oh yeah. Especially rock Hogan, rock Hogan, when they got face to face. Oh, I called my friends. I was freaking mm-hmm. out hundred percent with you right there. Um, so backstory on how my wife and I got set up through a mutual friend was my wife was at a wedding and somehow the undertaker got brought up and she said, Oh, as a kid, I loved the undertaker. I love the undertaker. Now she was probably drinking, but my friend, again, our mutual friend goes, well, I know someone who loves wrestling. And so then they said, why don't you two guys or you two folks meet up, right? Which is weird. And that's how because the foundation of your marriage is certainly not a shared love of professional wrestling. So that's fun that, well, that this yeah. still was yeah. the was the sparking connection. <laughs> yeah. And so um she she appreciates it. She just doesn't like sure, all Sure, she the doesn't hate it. Um, no, my wife yeah. would just as soon it. rather go like mow the lawn. <laughs> she would just yeah. rather be like, No, I got dishes to do. I think I need to do my she, taxes. My wife will will read the majority of the time, except uh-huh. for and this is this no. is why I'm watching. My wife wants me to turn it down Saturday. from the other room because she can hear it. Like, will you please fucking uh, no. stop? <laughs> no. So she will typically read in the living room while I'm watching the show. And this is again why I'm going to watch AEW more than WWE. She will stop when the acclaimed walked out because she wants to hear the rap from Max Caster, and then she will. Not like a million percent, like be glued to the TV, but she'll put the book down. I'll catch her and watch it when Eddie Kingston's on and MJF. Those are her three things. Yeah. But, oh, MJF. So all that not, MJF yeah. captures an audience. Yeah. Yeah. So with that all being said, when we were dating and she was being nice and acting as if she was more into it than she actually was because of the Undertaker connection, I showed her. WrestleMania 26 Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. Cause I, cause I was like, you know, he still wrestles. And she's like, really? This was 2015. And she's like, really? And I was like, yeah, actually he had one of my favorite matches of all time. And she's like, well, what's that? I was like, it's this match. She's like, well, do you have it? And I was like, what's on the network? She's like, well, put it on. I was like, oh, you're probably going to like it. And she tried. God bless her. She was like, oh, wow. She didn't give a shit, but uh, that was probably it. And now I'm guessing that was the first one, but that feels like it was the first one. I remember that conversation. So I had the benefit of being married before the start of the Spanish announce table. How did you breach the subject of the Spanish announce table when this like, hey, I kind of like this girl thing is going on? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, mine yeah, was yeah. like, um, so... hey, I started a podcast with this guy at the radio station. And it was like, okay. <laughs> it was like, great. Nah. Another thing. <laughs> no. Uh, my wife. Would... Oh, it was because I think. Now, again, my brain is not. Don't quote me on this. This could easily not be the case. But how I remember it was, I think we're going to go on a date the night we recorded. But it was like right. way before it wasn't like the night of she's like, hey, so what are you doing Tuesday night? And finally, I was just like, I'm at the radio station. And she's like, well, what do you do at the radio station? I was like, well, I actually don't work for the radio station anymore. Uh, yeah. uh, but I do a podcast. 
And she's like, what's the podcast? I was like, well, I told you I like pro wrestling. I do. She's like, oh, okay. So she started listening. Remember when I was telling you, like, oh, I went on these dates and everything. I didn't know she was listening, but she was listening. When we play, I'll play that Glitch Mob song that was our original yeah. uh, entrance you know, song. Yeah. I'll play that because I still listen to it when I run and stuff. And she goes, oh, Spanish Down Table. She'll, she associates that song with Spanish Down Table. Yeah, that was um, like for a long time our, our intro theme. Yeah. I love that song. Love that song so much. Um, so yeah, she still goes, Oh, Spanish down table. When you were talking about me, she didn't like that. I was talking about <laughs> whatever. It's I, remember, my life. I remember the early days where you were like, this was like, Hey, this is my new girlfriend. You were like, you're like, she has a Rwanda nickname from her time in Greenpeace or something like that. <laughs> peace score. Yeah. Yeah. Peace score. It's and, was, and you said she's yeah. the, the calm one. And I was like, I was like, so why is she with you? And you were like, oh, fuck, I don't know. And you were like, I ask myself that yeah. every morning. She texted. She's like, hello. And I'm like, all right, we're still doing this. <laughs> Look, every time my key opens up this door, I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah, her nickname. I have told you from the beginning Lord. of this podcast, I've said, hey, listen, if I ever call you one day and I'm like, listen, she she left me. I need, I need a place like just – don't be shocked, like because it's warranted, it's deserved. Yeah. I'm like, well, she'd be well within her reasonings to do so. <laughs> yeah, who asked? Who asked last week? What will we be doing in ten years? I said we're going to be talking about being divorced because that's probably what happened. But uh, no, in Peace Corps, she she spent time in Rwanda, and her nickname in Kirawandan, I think that's how you say it. Oh, I think I got that right too. Um, is Uitanze, which means the calm one, and I am not that. I'm anti Uitanze. <laughs> Yeah, what is there the opposite of Huitans? Yeah, Huitans, no. All right. Um, yeah. yeah. Hey, listen. Ash is awesome, and we want you to submit calls, just like he did last week when a whole bunch of people did for our 10-year anniversary. But he also mentioned something last Get week. Going. He talked about the greatness that was the Spanish announce table over the 10 years, and he talked about the Scott Steiner clips. And he said that it's kind of racist that we don't have them anymore, which was a bit odd. I didn't understand how that would be the case, right? But... We certainly don't want to be viewed as racist here on the Spanish announce table, right? So we deliver this fat sum of <laughs> right. I brought in a couple of some handy dandy Scott Steiner clips, like He's fat, right? So we can use those throughout for the rest of the show. There's this one, which we never really had before. Well, I'll make him bleed, somebody. right? Like everybody likes that one, right? There's fat asses. This is a classic. The only chance you have, you have no chance, but you had a chance, is you can run lickety split. Because you can't run because you got the fat asses. And my new personal favorite that I had never heard until today when I was looking to add in some Scott Steiner clips. And I can't believe I haven't heard this one before, but this is a fun one. She's not only ugly, she's fat. <laughs> <laughs> She's not only ugly, she's fat. He's so adamant. Why does he just, why does he pronounce fat so mean? Well, and, and like, you should see Bully Ray, like when you see this on the, on the video, that Bully Ray is just mesmerized by this. I think he's understanding, like, I, I don't understand why you're so adamant about she's this. She's not only ugly, she's fat. <laughs> he does exactly what you're saying. Like he points right at him. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. Well, I'll make him bleed. It's all right. So. You know, we certainly don't want to be racist, so we'll make sure we keep throwing those in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. This fat son of <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. So, Tom, let's get into the SummerSlam pitch. Do you have the card up? Do we need the card up? Do we got to pull that up? Do we need to stall a little bit as we talk about 
the gr- biggest party of the summer, WWE SummerSlam, been going for what? I don't know, 72 years now, right? And um, All right. Yeah, we'll probably All get right. some decent matches, right? There's probably been some halfway builds to these things, and let's run through it. We're going to make some predictions. All right, here we go. Yeah. I'm going to pull this up on. Yeah, yes, boy, yes, I what should I pull it up, up on? Guess, yeah. No, let, let me, let me pull it up. Uh, Wikipedia. How about that? We're professionals here. I didn't realize we were doing this. Yeah, so yeah. That's my yeah, I forgot problem. About here we go. Here it is. I got it. Son of a bitch. I got it. Here we go. Okay, you son right. of a bitch. I'm, I'm going off of the match order off of Wikipedia. If things update, suck it from the back. Uh, first match of the night that is listed on Wikipedia is boring. Cody. Cornball Cody Rhodes taking on Brock. I'd rather not be here. Lesnar. Who you got? I'm torn because I see two stories that WWE wants to convince us they're trying to tell, right? Cody Rhodes finally gets this victory over Brock Lesnar and it's empowering and he's going to move on and, you know, keep going. Or we get a near suplex city performance and we dive deeper into the like, the Cody story continues. And I kind of think that's where we're going. So don't be shocked if we don't get John Cena Suplex City squash match version two here. Uh, maybe. Speaking of Cody Rhodes, side quest real quick. He came out to? with this fucking. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I just want to make one note that, again, you not you, Tim, general you and not even you who are listening or watching just general you iwc we we seem to love cody Rhodes, right and again even in aw we didn't like it but now he's doing it again in wwe and it's still fucking stupid so he comes out with this documentary oh the cody Rhodes story right my dad was dusty basically right but he does this one thing where he goes hey hey i don't want anything cut from this clip right here and it was why he left aew right so he draws you in but here's the thing, Tim. He draws you in with this. Don't edit anything. Okay. Don't edit one word that I'm about to say. It was a personal reason. And then we just move on. You didn't tell us why you were What's the personal reason, Cody? Yeah, you said it was a personal reason, but didn't tell me what the personal reason was. Like, so it's so not all promoting. you're telling me is it wasn't about the money. It was something else, but you didn't tell me what the something else is. Well, like, okay great yeah it's not thought-provoking it's not insightful it's nothing that you didn't say to ariel hawani or chris van fleet or any of these other fucking people so like because, stop yeah. with this well don't cut any lines Shut and up. here's what i want to make sure folks like cody rhodes who are in the position cody rhodes is of being famous and on a microphone telling us things um whatever you tell us is the reason i don't fucking believe you here's what i think it is is WWE offered you more money and a position that was higher than AEW said they were willing to give you, right? Like, you were going to be in world title championship oh, on the matches, and you were going to be, you know, making mm. money. You are going to be on the Tonight Show and shit more often than AEW could provide for you and willing to give you. And that's what you envision for yourself because Cody Rhodes has been very clear. He envisions himself as the successor to Dusty Rhodes in waiting, that he's going to be the biggest star in pro wrestling in America's sweetheart and it ain't happening. And I don't know when Cody Rhodes has this sort of existential realization and goes into deep depression, or maybe he's already there and trying to convince us that he's not, but bro, it ain't happening. 
Like it just it ain't it ain't happening. Yeah. You're not gonna be Hulk Hogan. You're not gonna be Dusty Rhodes. It ain't happening. It just isn't happening. At least with what you are now. I'm not saying you can't go through some other things and switch it up and become something different, but like it ain't happening now with this. With the fucking tattoo guy with the bedazzled fucking American Eagle jacket and shit. Ain't happening. I think, and we won't spend too much time on this. This is just my two cents. I think uh as soon as uh, and it's been documented by Tony Khan and others that there was a certain period of time that AEW Dynamite was booked by the executive vice presidents and the ratings weren't going up crazy. Now, I like the episodes, but they weren't, you know, skyrocketing. And then there was a decision made that Tony Khan's booking this shit now. So move aside. And some of them were OK with it because they didn't necessarily want the responsibility. And one of them, I believe wasn't happy with that Mm -hmm. and as soon as that decision was made in my opinion i think that's when he internally said if i ever get the chance to go back to wwe i'm fucking doing it and it didn't matter if they offered him fucking you know 10 million dollars a match well that's a little bit much but you know the the world each match financially if he didn't get that creative whatever it was then he might as well just go to WWE because he's going to make more money, be more exposed to the casual audience. Like you said, wanting to be Dusty Rhodes, which I do think you're right on. And so he's just going to jump there. I think that was it. But again, I don't know. So let's talk about, uh, I got Cody Rhodes. Who gives a shit? Um, I think Brock Lesnar's retiring. That's why. Uh, I think he's leaving soon. And I don't know if that's, I'm fucking making that up. Um, I'm just, that's my gut. Look, either way, uh, look, either way, I feel like you could tell the story either way. So to me, I'm just like, either way can happen, mm-hmm. right? We can get Cody Rhodes gets his ever living ass beat and is like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I prefer that because maybe we'll get a different Cody Rhodes, but like that, you know, so that makes me think we're not going to get it. And you're probably right. Cody Rhodes wins. <laughs> yeah. I mean, vulnerability is always more interesting to me than Superman. I'm whatever hey let's keep moving yeah. on. uh we get the slim gym they signed a sponsorship deal with them the slim gym super slam summer slam battle royal 20 man battle royal you got la night sheamus champa nakamura otis chad gable just to name a couple who you got yeah that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah <laughs> Here's yeah. my favorite thing. With everybody my favorite saying. thing about. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's this is the coolest thing. Again, I'm easy to impress sometimes, but this yeah. is the coolest thing about that. <laughs> with that chant is he goes and everybody says and he points and he goes L A night and that's fine, right? Because people are yeah. dumb. They go whoa, right? To the fucking songs. But the coolest part about that is he goes L A night and then he moves along with his business but then the crowd goes yeah, yeah. like there's another thing that if you don't yeah. know what's happening it's probably fucking cool dude i see the tiktok where the lady was like i need help my husband she was like he oh. keeps repeating this phrase <laughs> that is me everywhere She's kind of like here. taking a shit and he's like yeah <laughs> yeah the two things the two things that my wife is just exhausted with with me and i sent you one of the videos this morning is so i do yeah all the time like hey uh can you grab me a a glass of water yeah right but then the other thing comes from netflix's quarterback where if she catches me waking up from a nap or in the morning (laughs) i say you woke up the wrong motherfucker you woke up the wrong wrong motherfucker motherfucker. and she's like i get it okay i'm like you woke up the wrong motherfucker 
Wait till football season starts. That's on overdrive. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, got quarterback, Knight's when Patrick Mahomes said that, uh, Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, who won the Super Bowl last year. Right? That's yes. the team. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I hope they win. I hope they win the Super Bowl, but I definitely need them to win two games. The game I'm going to at Arrowhead against the Chicago Bears and the game I'm flying to Germany to go see them play the Miami Dolphins. So we'll see. Uh, all right, let's keep it moving. Uh, Miami's pretty good. We'll, we'll do a football podcast later. Uh, MMA rules match. Uh, Ronda versus yeah, if, Shane. If their coach isn't too busy vaping to forget to call a fucking play. I love that guy. Mike McDaniel. <laughs> yeah, so no, I love Mike fun. McDaniel also, but like, yeah. that's why I'm like, yeah, Andy Reid, like, okay, yeah, like, yeah, we're, we'll be fine. We'll be all right. We'll roll this team. All right, quick side quest. Quick side quest is, has, me, yeah. has me concerned. That could all be true. The, Tua, assuming he plays, because that's also another unknown, but Tua can throw a two-yard fucking pass to Tyreek Hill, and we could have a sophomore slump in our secondary, and he could go zoom and fucking score every goddamn time on those you guys. You could, but you could say that about every time Tyreek Hill gets on the field, and he doesn't do it every time he gets on the field, right? Like, it doesn't happen. But he does it more times. But he yeah. does it more times than, you know, he don't make $30 million because he sucks. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Ronda versus Shayna. We're back into it now. Ronda versus Shayna. What do you think? I think Shayna wins this. Me too. I think uh, Ronda's leaving. Yeah, I think so. And I think we, she's going to be like, oh, I'm give, I'm laying on my back for my friend. And Shayna wins. Another peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Who gives Who gives a shit? That's a good feeling too. I don't care. I, I heard Ronda might fight in the UFC again, which that would be a mistake. Um, but maybe she will. Because she got her ass kicked. But Amanda Nunes will kick a lot of people's ass. That's nothing to Probably be kick shameful about. All right. Let's... Uh, Oh, yeah, she'd yeah. fucking murder you. Um, yeah. Intercontinental Championship match. Gunther Walter taking on Drew McIntyre. Who you got? Gunther wins this. He's like just a few weeks shy of the of the streak. He's winning this. Yeah, yeah. We're getting him to – because if WWE, Vince, or Triple H, because he worked with them in WCW, hates anyone – it's honky tonk, man. So they want someone to fucking take yeah, that record. And there's no reason anymore for that guy to hold the streak. Like he's not relevant now. He's not like a draw for them or anything. Like now they need a current star to be the longest reigning. Yeah, definitely Gunther. Same with Demolition. Yeah, they hated yeah. Demolition. They hate Honky Tonk Man. So that's why they're getting rid of him. Y'all, that's I mean, not, whatever. Like all you fucking Memphis folks that like you know we use then. We don't need to use you anymore. Mm-hmm. So now we'll move on. Yeah, we're, we're done with you. Um, all right, Ricochet, Logan Paul, who you got? Jesus. We're still doing this. Uh, Logan Paul. I don't think they have him come in losing to a guy like Ricochet for no reason. It's Logan Paul. Hard fought victory where there's going to be some cool spots. Logan Paul gets a, you know, the fucking, the three at the end after a crazy spinning over your ball sack plancha dive. Logan Paul holds up a Pokemon uh, card. <laughs> I think it's a DQ. I think bullshit happens. Double count out. Something. They ran into each other off a dive and they both get double count out. Or or can't stand. Yeah. Draw because neither one can get to their feet at the count of ten. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, right. uh let's now, go Oscar versus Charlotte. Yeah. Okay. I won't watch. Uh Oscar versus Charlotte versus Bianca women's championship match i think charlotte wins 
wins the title. Oh God, really? I think Oscar. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, either way, it's one of those two. Either they go with status quo, or they think this isn't working, and then we need a change. Well, they're not going to go to back to Bianca, right? They'll go to Charlotte. The only thing I could see other than Oscar retains because Charlotte and Bianca, you know, fight to the death, and then Oscar just pins the one that's closest to her. Is if Bianca says "fuck this babyface shit," I'm going heel, and then I've seen pictures. I haven't seen. I'll make them bleed. Body scared the shit out of me uh, <laughs> i forgot that you had it <laughs> uh i haven't seen the the um segments of it but i see that bobby lashley and the street profits are doing some shit together yeah and you add a, bianca in that yeah can we get a heel faction cool. here that would be great yeah that could be fun okay maybe, maybe. let's see it. maybe uh all right for the wwe world heavyweight championship Seth Rollins, not going to say his stupid nickname, uh, versus Finn Balor. Who you got? Seth Rollins. I don't think. Okay. Well, mm. so, yeah. asterisk or follow-up, it's a drop-down question. Does Damian Priest cash in? So, here's a fun scenario. Finn Balor wins the title. After a grueling ups and downs and flips and shit like only Finn Balor and Seth Rollins could deliver us, right? We might get a 45-minute classic. And Finn Balor pulls off the upset. He can barely stand. They come out to celebrate with him. And Damian Priest is a little, a little weird about it. And he kind of does one of these little waves from the back, and out comes a ref. And Finn Balor's kind of like, what? What? And then they go, ah, sorry, man. We thought he might win. Whap! Yeah, and then they turn You know what would be fun? You know what would be fun there? Is if, because Damian Priest is physically bigger than Finn. So, Describe your exact thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but what I'm saying here is describe exactly your scenario, but I would have it to where Damian Priest is legitimately pinning Finn. Like he can't move and his his, uh, shoulders are to the mat. And so I would have him looking like as he's pinned, like, are you serious? Like, he's just like, why am I being pinned? Well, yeah. And I love like, he's looking maybe over at Dom and, and, um, and Rhea and they're and maybe Rhea? not even, like they weren't aware of this, but they're just kind of like, I mean, we're not going to pull Like, I can't pull him up when he was, he's bigger than us too. Like, I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, look at the time. Look, I mean, yeah, look, I don't want to get on his bad side. Look what he can do to you. <laughs> right. Like, and they're like, it's exactly, bro. Yeah. right now. Yeah. He just kind of by force takes over now makes it a little weird. Even Dom and Rhea are like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, we're behind you. And they're like, shit. Did you know he was going to do that? Like, I didn't fucking know he was going to do that, right? And now he's kind of, like, power hungry, and they're a little like, yes, sir. Right, like, whatever you say, sir, yeah. Oh, God, that would be great. Hire us. Start, yeah, Damian Priest grabs control by hook, and now he's, like, leading them unwillingly to be his servants, you know? They're like, okay. Yeah. I I, I just like the idea of, as it's happening, Finn is looking into Damien's eyes going like, why would you break my heart? Like that just is so yeah. much great visual. Why are you doing this? Uh, We're anyhow. supposed to rule together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, yeah. By the way, Jeffrey Stills uh, says Demolition was actually good. Hell yeah, they were good. I like yeah. it. It seems like Love WWE it. doesn't like them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next is presumably the main event. Roman Reigns, your undisputed WWE Universal Champion, takes on Jey Uso. And it's also for recognition of the tribal chief. So let me tell you what's going to happen. And I mean what's going to happen at SummerSlam 2023 at Ford Field in this match. Not what may happen eventually in the storyline. But Roman Reigns will survive this with the title intact. Whether he wins or he's disqualified or whatever. He wins because this is how WWE has done everything with the storyline. We don't get the payoff in the first time that these guys square off, right? Like, I get this is not the first time they squared off, but for this portion of the storyline, it is. So something will happen, and we're going to run it back. It's SummerSlam Backlash or whatever the fuck they call the next one. Okay. But, all right, if I'm tasked, again, I love having the pin. We're just having fun. Hey, listen, tonight. if you were betting money, uh, you'd I... be right lock and step with me right now. <laughs> well, but this is what I would do. If you were saying, hey, make it interesting. Oh, yeah. That yeah Roman we want to do something. I'm doing something different. So let's hear what you got. Well, no. Roman retains. Uh-huh. But pinfall the family. Wins? But the. Yeah. Pinfall. Right. Okay. But the family post-match does not recognize him as a tribal chief. Jay Uso throughout all of this with using Solo, using Paul Heyman. No, man. We ain't with that anymore. And so, the new tribal even though chief you won, they turn their back Jay on Uso's, him. Mm-hmm. What does Paul Heyman do? Is he like stuck in the middle, looking back and forth? Like, what do we? No, I, I would. I would just have him go. Like, well, they they were never grateful for you. They they never respected you. So he's I would ride have or him die with double Roman. down on. Him. Okay. Yeah, because Roman's a champion, right? That's his thing. Is if he's you catch money. What Paul Champ. Heyman always does. Yeah. Well, what, Paul Heyman is always looking at the title. He rarely looks at Roman when they're walking down. It's title, title, title. Oh, hey, Roman, title, title, Roman, 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 title, title, right? So I would have the family after the match through all these shenanigans that they have watched at the you know ramp or whatever, or they come out after the match and go, like, Jay is being forced to put the uh, lay on Roman. And as he's doing it, you have whoever it is, not The Rock, but whoever it is, walk out. It's Rikishi. And he goes, nope. No, 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 we ain't doing that. And then you get well, off the two Sika. who was it was off on Sika, right? Yeah, those yeah, two. right. Yeah, well, I would have Rikishi cut the promo because I think he well, he's dead. still cut a promo, right? And he did Rikishi, isn't Yeah, no, he's no. not. Dead. Oh, it was, it was come on, there's um, um, Umaga that's dead, that's right, Rikishi's Umaga, alive. yeah, that's right, right, yeah, because right, right. Rikishi's like Rikishi's like uh, fu- fucking posting like uh, Godfather, yeah, no, you're right, yeah, Rikishi's right, yeah, Rikishi, yeah. it was Umaga who I was thinking of, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so then he goes, and then or then Rikishi stops him, and then you have the thing, and then the follow up is, well, now Roman is chasing Jay. Roman's the champion, but Jay is the tribal chief. So the interesting thing is, I'll give you every anything you want. You want this in a title? You want this thing. in a cage? Whatever you want. He could be saying to the family like, "But I'm the champ," and they're like, "Tribal chief was never about the title, right? Like, yes, the tribal chief right. should endeavor for the title because it brings a lot to the tribe." But that does not make one tribal chief. That does not make one the leader, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, and that's what I would do. I would have 
Roman chasing Jay, even though Roman is the champion. Now, I could write this out in a fucking big thing, but then the end story is still rock Roman. I love it. But that's what I would do. SummerSlam, we'll get some good moments. Hey, look, we booked a couple things that would make this a great pay-per-view if they took our directions on some of these here, but uh, Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see if they do that, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be watching the acclaimed walk out instead of SummerSlam. So, and Punk and Ricky Starks. I love Ricky Starks, but I'm watching acclaimed Ricky Starks, Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. That's what I'm watching. Yeah, we'll catch up on the SummerSlam later. But uh, I think that's it, man. We said we weren't going to go three hours, and so we got to cut it short here pretty quick. So we don't. So we'll get out of here until next week. Uh, go check us out on uh, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. <laughs> The Spanish Announce Table.